to another episode of Glitch Free Gaming. It's the lockdown special. Hooray! Hooray! Well, hooray for as much as a lockdown. Hooray! <laughs> Coronavirus! <laughs> Stay indoors and wash your hands. Yes. Uh, so, yes, this is the lockdown special of Glitch Free Gaming. I am your host, Mike Exotic, also known as the Tarantula King. And with me is my counterpart and nemesis, Kieran Bashford. I thought you were going to say Kieran Baskins. It would have worked. It would have worked. It was going um, to work, and I forgot. I I forgot the name. I fucked <laughs> it up. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah, but I watched that as well. The Tiger King stuff. It's, oh man, that's nuts. It's uh, oh, we... yeah. It's, <laughs> Yeah, it is. Uh, well, we'll get there. We we have we've decided just to do a wee podcast uh, and just talk about what we've been up to during this uh, three weeks of, of lockdown, uh, what we've been playing and watching. We're just going to talk until we, I don't know, either fall asleep or the internet gets cut off. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, something like my internet has been cutting out now and again, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> cool but we have been playing one thing a hell of a lot uh i know you have the last time i looked i think you'd been hitting about 80 odd hours oh god yeah and the last time i looked i think i was 65 i was about 15 hours behind you yeah and you've had less time than me (laughs) yes yeah so we are talking about animal crossing new horizons on the switch yes so, is this your first Animal Crossing game? It's not my first one ever, but it's the first one I've stuck with. Right. So, like, I tried the DS one, and I tried the 3DS one, and I bounced off them really quickly. Um, mainly just because the whole... You can only do a certain amount a day, and then there's just nothing really for you to do, and then you have to wait till the next day to do it. Like, the real-time element's cool, but in the older games, it was a hindrance where it was like, okay, well, after you've, you know, got all your fruit and done all this, then that's kind of all you can do until the next day. Right. Whereas this game really sorts that by giving you more stuff to do. Like, you can, if you want to grind, you can grind, but yes. at least it's very easy to get to a point where you can have something to do, even that if that thing is just decorating your island, like it's. It's easier to get to that point. Yeah. Um, so I've just stuck tons of hours into it that way. What about you? Is it your first one? It's yeah. It is actually my first one. Uh, I had, I didn't have a lot of knowledge of what they were. I knew they were a game where you got put on somewhere and you had to build like a village type thing. Mm-hmm. And the the thing that put me off was the real time thing. It was yeah. It was more like a, a mobile phone game in in that, you know, there's activities you can do, but you can only do so much of them. Yeah, like, then, yeah, like how a lot of mobile games have the, here's the minimum, here's the energy you have for the day and you've expended it all. Like it was never as explicit as that, but they did the same thing, but through, yes, yeah, you know, like there's only this many bugs or there's only this many fruit or blah, blah. Yeah. So I stayed away from them and then saw this one was getting a lot of buzz and heard that it fixed it you know any any issues that there were have been fixed according to what i'd read so 
and I was bored shitless, and I thought, <laughs> why not? <laughs> that was definitely part of it for me, was that I wasn't intending on picking it up for myself. I bought, right. I pre-ordered a physical copy uh, with the intention of giving it to my girlfriend, and occasionally I would take it and play a bit of it. Right. And then as we went into, like, kind of quarantine mode, working from home, like, you know, having a bit more time because I'm not commuting and stuff like that, like, yeah. I just was like, okay, well, I just need to buy this and just get it and just play it. <laughs> so I bought a second yeah. copy. I bought two copies of this game. Oh, wow. Um, which is the advantages of me coming into this quarantine with uh, redundancy money at my last job. <laughs> so if I can afford it. Um, yeah, it was, it was a silly thing, but I bought a digital copy and a physical copy of it. <laughs> So um, I think also uh, what we should point out is that both Kieran and myself have jobs where we are working from home at the moment as well. Yes, yeah. Um, so, yeah, just I don't know why I thought we should clarify that. but Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like uh, A lot of people have jobs where they still have to go to their jobs or a lot of people yeah. have lost their jobs just now. So yes, yeah. Like it's obviously a very shitty situation for lots of people. Um, I think we're very fortunate in that we're both in a position where you know we can work around it. Yeah. Uh, me in particular, like I just started a new job, and it's very much a case of like, wow, you know, like my last place made a bunch of people redundant. And not all of them have found jobs yet. And some that had have had those jobs, you know, revoked. Kind of, yeah. Uh, so I feel very fortunate for where I'm just next. Obviously not everyone is in such a good position and it sucks. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, uh, is I think it is worth mentioning just because, yeah, it, it, it gives context for things. <laughs> yes, yeah. We are so. still in the house a bunch though. I imagine you're probably taking it significantly more. Like I'm taking it very seriously. I was like, I don't want to, you know, spread disease and stuff like that. Yes, but yeah. I'm also generally of the opinion that people my age, some people get complications, but most people my age and my health are fine. Um, whereas I don't know if you might talk about this, but you've obviously had some health issues in the past, so might not be as <laughs> well. Yeah, so. I had the I, I had the heart attack a couple of years ago, and uh, I've been fine since. But uh, when it first came out, and they said, "Look, there's you know there is a risk for people that like that, and what yeah. you should do is just you know Don't isolate <laughs> as much as you can." Yeah. Don't um, talk to people. Uh, Don't do it. <laughs> so, um, I mean, we stay in the house and we go out and we do our exercise we make sure we're doing the social distancing you know so for walking down uh, we've got a few parks around us so we walk there and if there's someone on the same path we'll step on the grass and you know uh, but yeah. everyone seems to be doing the same as well so it's fine uh, we go out we do the shopping um, and the, all the shops and everything have got the social distancing and 95% of everyone that you meet when you are going for the shopping is mindful of what they're doing. So they follow the little one-way systems that most shops have and they, they watch what they're doing. So it's, it's okay. It's not too, 
too bad kind of that way. Yeah, I've definitely uh, had good but luck you do... with most people, most people obeying those kind of rules. Yes, yeah. Uh, so we we watch when we go out. You know, we pick our times uh, and try and pick times that are not as sort of peak times. Mm-hmm. You know, so we'll, we'll try and go to do the shopping. We're not going to go at four o'clock on a Friday because that's just habitually when everyone went and it yeah. is still busy. You know, that that rush hour is still busy because people finish work, they're working from home and instead of driving from the office to the shop, they're just driving from home to the shop. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, uh, yeah, it's not been too bad. It's more about keeping occupied, you know, w- within the house. Uh, I don't know about yourself, but you find that you know, the business that we're in is basically, uh, it's a retail and wholesale business. So we tend, we're not as busy, but there are things that still need to get done. We need to keep uh, our key workers going in in tires and things that we sell, automotive products. So, but you're not as busy. So it's about, you get, you get up in the morning, you get your work done, and then you're you still need to be available, but at the same time, you need to find something to, Stop me from going stuff crazy as well. Yeah. For me, it's um, like we are making a thing that is coming out. So, like, it's been delayed and stuff to compensate for this, but it's not. The workload hasn't reduced at all because we're not doing it for anyone else. We are building a thing to sell. So, right. the end goal is still the end goal. And even though the time frame has moved a bit, like, it's still. I'm still working, you know, eight hour days doing stuff but for me like i'm not commuting in at work which reduces a bunch of it um yes even just like my commute's not that long but i always find that commuting when i have just commuted back from work i always feel like really low energy and like i don't want to do anything and it kind of yeah like a lot of nights i just won't do anything or won't you know uh do exercise like i should be or your whatever because i just can't be bothered because i'm just back from work um but the main change for me is that is gone. <laughs> so I'm still working like eight hour days, but I get up early. Uh, I've been exercising, doing ring fit in the morning to replace my commute. Then right. I work for eight hours. Then I exercise again. And then I feel full of energy and able to do whatever the fuck I want because it's like <laughs> I've not been anywhere. I've just been sitting at my desk for a few hours doing work. Um, and it's weird. It's a weird change to get used to. Um and you, yeah, I often feel like, oh, I want to go, um, you know, like, I'm weird. I like going to the supermarket and doing shops, stuff like that. And it's like, I should go to shop. It's like, I can't go to shop. I go exactly, once a week. Yes. And <laughs> even then, I'm trying to reduce that as much as possible because the queues are getting, the queues at the latest one, uh, the, the shop nearest us, is, they have been getting worse each week. So I'm just like, oh, wow. I just, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to ordering as much stuff so it's like oh local butchers is delivering great i'll order a bunch of stuff um found a place that delivers vegetables i'll just order a bunch of vegetables and it's like great i just don't need to go to the supermarket until we run out of you know stuff we can't get delivered yes um which that's working all right i think uh but yeah it's it's a weird change and it's i have not necessarily more time to play games and stuff like that, but I have more 
energy to play games because I'm not I've not got yes. that kind of post work kind of you know yep. lethargy or whatever, um, which is weird because it's not actually any different. But <laughs> you know, it's just that <laughs> mental thing where you're like, I didn't leave the house. That means I've got energy, and it's like I've usually yeah. walk like ten minutes. It's not. <laughs> it's not that big a difference. Um but yeah, it's it's a weird one. Yeah, it's uh and you know you, you're saying that you've got more energy for playing games and stuff like that. But at the moment I'm not looking to play new Final Fantasy 7 or the new Resident Evil 3 remake or anything like that. Uh Animal Crossing is you know that that's doing it for me. Yeah, that's the thing. I've got like more energy to play games, and that I'm not, you know, actively, you know, falling asleep on the couch in the middle of playing stuff. But I am still playing more relaxing stuff at the moment, mm-hmm. like Animal Crossing or a lot of like you know city builders and um, oh, what's that theme hospital style game that came out last year or two? Years oh, ago? Two Point Hospital. Two Point Hospital. I've been playing a bunch of that, like that kind of stuff. Just simple well not necessarily simple but you know what i mean like not yeah. super stressful games that you can just like i'm just gonna build a city or i'm just gonna build a whatever or animal yeah. crossing i'm gonna build a village on an island yes um but yeah it's weird i, th- I feel like a lot of people are in that kind of mental state just now um but animal crossing is definitely scratching that itch it is filling so much of my time more so than i thought yeah. it would i spent so much time uh just like i've not went as deep into the specific like money making bits as you have right i kind of have only it's it's not worth explaining all these things to everyone (laughs) so but you know like i have only made a tarantula island like once or twice uh well twice because i have one today um whereas i think you've done it a few times now yes yeah so when I first started playing, you end up on the island, and I'm not going to spend too much time explaining the ins and outs of the sort of tutorial part of the game. But you end up on an island, and you build your house. You then get uh, the residential services, and you can buy essential things from there. But eventually, you get the they say you can now get a shop, mm-hmm. uh, and to get the shop, you need to forage so many items for. The, the island that you're on that is the slowest I, part of this game oh yeah so and because there's no the, the game doesn't have a manual especially when you buy it digitally so anything that you any intelligence that you get from the game is either learned from doing it and finding out or somebody that's played it before you you can ask them and of course the great source the internet <laughs> You know, also, so you can Tom go out Nook will can... give you tips. He, yeah, he does, but he doesn't... During that portion of the game, Tom Nook does tell you repeatedly, buy Nook mail tickets and go away, basically. But he doesn't explain, here's how you hit a rock properly so that you get nine things out of it instead of one. Eggs, um, yes. Which is, yeah, like very yeah. early on, I thought, okay, well, if I eat fruit... What? I had the annoying thing where... If you eat fruit and hit a rock, you smash the rock, which means you only get one thing from it instead of nine potential things from it, and it goes goes, away. 
and it uh, yeah and it takes is it one whole day to come back yeah i think uh i think it's one day per rock and you get i think it's three or four per island so if you smash all four of them it'll take four days before they're all back right yes um and that's why i did i smashed all four of them like right away mainly because like um i got iron is not necessarily rare but it's like a bit more uncommon than stone and uh-huh. uh because i wasn't hitting rocks nine times quickly to get a bunch of stuff out of them i was just like oh you hit it once and you get the thing i was hitting yep. them once getting the thing then smashing the rock and more often than not when i smashed the rock i was getting iron so i was like oh this must be how you get iron you smash the rocks uh but no it's not <laughs> as it turns out no <laughs> yeah so i had I, I did that as well, but I missed the part about the Nook Miles. Uh, I When I'd spoke to Tom Nook and I'd went in and I got a free Nook Miles ticket and it sat in my pocket and I had no idea what it was for. I didn't know what it did. I thought the, the airport was just used to visit your friends. Uh, so I think what happens, I'd skip past the, you know, the, I didn't read the text, yeah. so which was completely my fault. And then I thought, oh, okay, so the game must be about collecting resources. So I'm farming everything that I can, and you know, I'm making good money. I'm working, working like a slave, <laughs> doing everything, <laughs> breaking rocks and chopping wood and selling everything that I don't need. And I ended up with a, a chunky bank balance. And then I spoke to you, you, and you know, I was struggling with the the iron ore was the one thing I didn't have, and you kindly. Uh, I think I visited you and you kindly gave me some yeah. and that was it, I got my shop I did the same and... thing for Paul but with clay because Paul couldn't find much clay so I was like <laughs> here's just fucking like 30 of it because yeah. you get, you end up with so much of it and yes. me, I in particular like I don't know because I went and gave away a bunch of it and sold a bunch of it but I for a while after that bit because I assumed that, that bit kind of taught me hey you need 30 of these things to make this shop so yes. you're probably going to need a lot of these in the future, but mm-hmm. it kind of just depends on what you're building. So it's easier just to get the stuff as you need it. And instead, I was sitting with like ninety of everything in my house because I was like, I "Well, don't... I'm probably going to fucking need like ninety iron because I needed thirty for that shop." So, yep, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, "Oh well, when I need to build bridges, I'm probably going to need like thirty stone for it." And it's like, "No, you just need money." And it's like, "God damn it." <laughs> Why would you? Uh, why would you change this up on me? Yeah. So I uh, just at the time you you'd said something about the nook miles, so I figured that out, and then I had loads of nook miles to burn. So I was doing the island hopping and things like that. You gave me the iron that I needed to finish the shop, uh, and then it just clicked. It, it just clicked. You have a you end up building up a little bit of surplus of all of those and then like you say you go to ended up i had 120 of everything in my house <laughs> stored and what you do. <laughs> yeah i still got uh, some stuff stored oh yeah yeah um i think i've got like nine gold nuggets because at first i was selling them and then i thought i'm going to keep them because i i was able to build up a, a store of money i did have like nine gold nuggets and then the hot item at my store one day was the gold plates which you turn the plate into a gold nugget and it like doubles the value and then you sell it and it doubles the value again if it's a hot item so i was just like yeah i will 
I'll make all of these. <laughs> um, yeah, so I used up all my gold for that. Yes, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, there is the, the turnip market. Yeah, that's been fun. Oh. <laughs> so the... Yes, the the turnip market. Uh, just to quickly explain it for anyone that hasn't played Animal Crossing, at one point in your, early on in your game, somebody shows up selling turnips on a Sunday morning. On a Sunday morning, yes. So one day of the week they show up, and uh, it's from I think eight a.m. till noon. Is that's the time that they're on their island mm-hmm. on your island. And you can buy turnips, and they tell you that the price of the turnips is a hundred bells. Bells are the the currency. So you go, okay, that's fine. I will take so many of them. I'll take a hundred of them, and you've got them. And the object then is to sell them back to the shop before next week Sunday, because before by next week Sunday, if you've still got them, they will rot and they're mm-hmm. useless. Uh, now the thing with the price in the shop is it fluctuates, and it fluctuates twice a day. Yeah, there's a morning price and an evening price. Yeah. And so the, the, the trick has been to kind of, if you're playing with yourself and or by yourself, sorry, if you're playing by yourself and there's no one else there, then you've probably got an idea in your head of what price you'd be happy with. Uh, I, you know, I'll sell for, if I have to, break even. Uh, I'd like to double my money, but I'll settle for you know, 150%. So you've got that. The other way of doing it is the kind of the way that we've been playing as well. So uh, there's myself and Kieran and Paul and Ben, the editor, our editor-in-chief at the website. And we we catch up in the morning. We've got uh, the message group and we all put our price of the bells in in the morning and then Mm -hmm. in the afternoon. And it means that whoever's got the highest will all put pop over to their island and sell them or you could do the internet thing yeah i've kind of been sort of doing that internet thing but not the full-blown internet thing yes i am also on a discord and the people there that are playing animal crossing will also post their thing when they have uh a decent price and they'll be like hey if anyone wants to come over we've been using the thing that the overall internet has been using but not for that um, because yeah, the overall internet thing is that there is a there are multiple websites, but I think the one people have been using the most is Turnip Exchange. Yes, which lets you find um, it lets you find islands that have high turnip prices, and they can do things like set entrance fees and things like that and yes you can go you can join a queue to go to their island and then uh it will so the we've been using it on the discord that i'm on for the queuing system because it's actually quite smart and a good way of handling it because the way that animal crossing handles people joining and leaving your island is a pain in the ass because every time someone joins they see a relatively lengthy cutscene of them themselves flying over your island and seeing everything it's really nice and stuff but it takes ages and Mm -hmm. everyone that's on the island at the time just sees like a blank screen with like a a kind of like little animation saying you know they're this far this far it's basically just a fancy loading bar and yes yeah 
every time someone joins it does that. Every time someone leaves, it shows them leaving in a little cutscene as well. And it's a pain in the ass, basically, if you are just like if you just send a code out, because you can send what they call it dodo codes to anyone and that will let them join your island. Yes. And it's a pain in the ass if you just put it in a really populated place and you end up with, you know, people joining and leaving constantly. Um, Turnip Exchange lets you queue those things instead. So it'll be like, it'll if you're in the queue, you won't get the code to enter the, the island until you're at the front of the queue. Yes. And then you hit to say that you've left and it'll send the code to the next person and it means that it's a little bit more organised uh, the person that owns islands can also pause it so what we've mostly been doing is when you know four or five people come onto your island then you pause the queue wait till they're all done then you unpause it and the next four or five come in uh, right again then you don't have the constant like cutscenes of people joining and leaving um but what a lot of people are doing is just browsing this website and just going, all right, uh, I'm looking at it right now. It's like, okay, well, I could go to I could go to Shit's Creek for, they've got 608 bells right now for turnips. Uh, the entrance fee is 99,000. Uh, any cute furniture as tips is also appreciated. Please only exit through the airport. So, you know, that's... Yeah, but it's it's absolutely mental when you think about it because what what they're wanting is they're wanting you to give you so much of their they're saying you have to give them yeah ninety nine thousand bells to get in okay fair enough and then tips would be appreciated what are you a fucking waitress <laughs> there's also there's also well to be fair it's a weird one but yeah we've all been giving tips to people when we go to their island because yeah it's a pain in the ass to have this you can't, yeah, yeah, you can't yeah. play the game um but yeah it's a bit weird to ask about it um or mandate like you must give me this much uh there's 56 people in the queue for that one right now what? yes yeah i so i tried to get into one the other day there and i got all the way up to number one and then the guy stopped it that's unfortunate. And I never got a code or anything, and that was fifteen. That that one was fifteen minutes, but I'd been playing around with the the site for about an hour. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? No, I will. I will go back to, you know, to the the four of us. If I can double my money in turnips, I'm happy, and I'll I'll continue to yeah. uh, tarantula farm and stuff like with that. With the four of us, or really it's the five of us, because Leanne's. Not in our oh, group, yes. but yeah. yeah, she's playing. Um, but between the five of us, we're, the odds of one of us getting at least double money is basically guaranteed. The odds yeah. of us all getting like a really garbage week at the same time is low. Um, yeah. It seems like even if you have a garbage week, odds are you're going to at least be able to make a tiny profit, but usually at least double your money or get mm-hmm. close to double your money. Um. But if you want to make the big bucks, yes, you buy, you find someone, you, you do it both ways. You go to <laughs> someone's island where when they are selling turnips for cheap. So when they're yes. selling them for 90 bells, I believe is the lowest, which is what mine were last week. Yeah. Um, And then you go to somewhere else to sell them for five to 600 and you end up yeah. making a shit ton of profit. 
Yes. <clears throat> I did that last week, although I didn't buy a lot of turnips last week because I didn't have a lot of money. Um, I bought a lot this week because it was basically leftover money from last week's. I yes. didn't do any of the first week of the game because I didn't realise you had to buy them before noon and I don't tend to wake up before noon on Sundays. So... <laughs> This this game is you know encouraging better lifestyle choices for me because I've been up in the morning and Sundays, which is something I've not done in years. So, yeah. <laughs> you know that's that's something so that I can get my turnips. But <laughs> the other thing is also you can't store turnips in your house, presumably because they whatever they're doing to make them rot after a week. Um, or sorry, you can't store them in the storage in your house. Yes, you can put them in a room. Yeah, you can put them in a room, or I built like a little cage for them outside, basically. I put fences around them so other people can't get in. Um, it's nonsense. It's very silly. The turnip yes. market is stupid, is my, <laughs> my official opinion. I'm still going to keep taking part in it, but I'm definitely never going to get... If I ever get to the point where I am... Um, trawling like the subreddit or turnip exchanges page looking for people with high bell prices that's the point where i'm gonna like uninstall the game i think <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes uh i'm it's funny we get up in the morning and you know i'm getting ready to go to the office uh, the office it's our, uh, our our games room is now the office <laughs> and uh on, on my way in, I turn on the switch and I get the price of the, the turnips and what the hot item is. And uh, then we I post it in the chat. I'm normally the first. And then it just follows suit. The rest, everyone else just piles in what, what their uh, their price is. Yeah. Um, and it, it is, it, it's it's quite a fun thing. But like you said, if I'm not going to take it seriously. And if I got... Uh, you know, if I end up with like a price of six hundred bells, I'm not gonna open it up for everyone else. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't open it for everyone. I would open it for the people on the Discord I'm on. I'd open it for you guys, but I, I'm never. If I wake up tomorrow and it's like ah six hundred bells, I'm not gonna go on Turnip Exchange and post the thing. No, no, I will. Um, yeah, that you know, I will Unless... uh, extend. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll extend the courtesy to the you know your guys in the the Discord because they uh, they let you take my turnips and sell them the you know so yeah, yeah uh, but to try and make a, a a profit from it I don't know it must break the game at one point. Uh, yeah, and the thing is, I don't care that much about it because. There's so many other ways to make money in this game really easily. Um, yes. Even if you're not farming stuff, like, yeah, you can farm tarantulas, which is slightly more difficult now because water beetles keep showing up. But, mm-hmm. like, for people who don't know, you farm tarantulas by going to one of the Nookmail Islands and trashing the fucking place uh, to the point where no bug would ever want to be there except tarantulas. Um, yes. Except yeah. now also... <laughs> Basically, what happens is you delete, you you trash and destroy and break everything that can spawn bugs, but now water can spawn bugs, so you you can't do that um, unless yes, there's no yeah. water. Um, well, yeah. So also, I water bugs up... sell for a decent amount. So 
it's fine. Yeah, they they sell for two thousand a shot. Yeah. So, um, but tarantulas sell for eight thousand. So true. before we we did the podcast, I ended up on there's certain islands and they, they you know, the internet calls them, gives them names, and there's one called Bamboo Island, and it's basically it's an island. It's landlocked. There's no water. That goes through it at all, except it obviously it's an island, so it's surrounded by water. Yeah. But then, I say landlocked's not the right word. But yeah, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I get where you meant. So uh, you've got that, and it's just covered in bamboo, and there's tree, uh, bamboo, and flowers, and everything. So you trash everything, take everything off, dig up the stumps because bugs settle on the stumps. You mm-hmm. dig up everything, pick all the weeds, uh, pick all the heads off the flowers. And you ended up with this barren wasteland, and there's only three things that can spawn on that area. Uh, you've got jewel beetles, wharf roaches, and they settle on the rocks on the you know the corners of the island. Wharf roaches, and then of course tarantulas. So I spent an hour before we were podcasting and just running circles around the island, chasing all the other bugs off. And then, of course, you, you can't run with this tarantulas about because their strike zone is that large. And they're them and scorpions, I think, are the only ones that can attack you in the game. Um, other than, like, wasps, yeah. I think so, Oh, yes, least. yeah. yeah. Uh, so far, I don't know. There'll probably be more. <laughs> <laughs> so tarantulas are... That's, I've basically been making my money through that. I will do my harvesting on my island during the day and then try and get at least one trip at night to a island where I can get the tarantulas from. And if you know what you're doing, if you've got the bigger pockets, uh, the bigger pocket space, you can get up to 320,000 on a visit. Yeah. Which is, is quite good. How is your, uh, your island looking at the moment with uh, trees and fruit? Mine's look quite nice. I, so I've seen a lot of people do... So I've been to a few people's islands now just partially from buying turnips and selling turnips and partially just from, you know, going to browse other people's shops and things like that. Uh-huh. Um, but the thing I've seen a bunch of people, do, not everyone, but i see a few people do at least, is have like very separate orchards for, you know, here's where all the pear trees are, here's where all the peach trees are, here's where all the orange trees are. And oh God, no. For mine, I'm very much just like, I have a space that's like, I dump all my trees here. <laughs> I have I dump all my money making trees here and then I also have trees spread throughout the kind of main part of my island just for decoration and a lot of those have flowers around them so even if you shook the fruit off them you wouldn't be able to pick them up because the flowers would block it Um, fruit will fall up to two spaces away from the tree but if you have like you know flowers or uh, uh, other trees or walls or something like that next to it then when the fruit falls it just vanishes right so a lot of the trees in my island are just for decoration even though they have like cherries on them and stuff uh-huh. um but then i've also got an area kind of up to the north that has a bunch of trees about to make it look like a kind of forested area with a campsite and stuff like that um what were you what have you been doing with your tree situation so i have uh basically the right side of the island has 
all my trees at the moment and the way that I've been planting them and things, I have three sort of sections of trees that uh, bear fruit, you know, one day after each. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, on any given day, just from fruit alone and not doing the, the rocks and the wood and anything like that, I'm getting at least 50,000 from my fruit alone. So I've got quite a lot of trees. <laughs> and I got into the, the, I figured out pretty quickly that the your home fruit is pretty much useless to you. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what I would do is, I still keep quite a few of them. But I've been sort of uh, digging those trees up and then planting peaches or, you know, uh, the foreign fruits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, so I've just been doing that. And I've got, yeah, it makes quite a bit of money as well. So I try and say during the day, I want to get 100,000 bells. And if I can get half of it from our fruit, then it's a trip on the on the Nuke Miles to another island. Um, yeah. Strip that beer and sell off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a lot of that. Um, I've kind of not been caring too much about money in it, which is reflective of me in real life. So, um, <laughs> but I've very much been like, like my, I only just got. The last two house upgrades I got were solely because I locked out on turnips this week. Right. And it paid off one of the mortgages and then, because the way mortgages work in this game for people listening that haven't played it, which this game has mortgages, is that you start with a tent, you pay off the tent and you get a house and you get charged a mortgage for that. You pay off that and you can extend your house by one room each time up until you have is is it three rooms three rooms yeah three additional rooms and then an upstairs and a downstairs and yes and a basement yeah um so that's kind of how it works you're constantly paying or you could just not like there's no reason you don't need to like nook is uh as far as you know uh like loan sharks go uh, yeah, he doesn't have any debt collectors. <laughs> yeah, it's or a dialogue. it's a 0% interest mortgage. Pay it back whenever the fuck you feel like it. Um, which is pretty good. I wish I could get that in real life. Um, yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, I'm pretty sure he invented the currency, Bells, as well as a second currency that he invented in this one, which is Nook Miles. So he doesn't give a shit he's like, <laughs> everything <laughs> everything you do is paying off nook eventually um yeah. but yeah it's i've not been caring too much about the money part of it so i only upgraded my house that much recently because i had a bunch of money to do it with well yeah i i was the same i ended up with uh yesterday i ended up with 2.2 million bells jesus and I, so I got the, I got the one room, upgraded. I already had the, the first room. I got the second room that arrived today. I paid off the loan. I've got the room, uh, the new room coming, the third room, and I, I currently have one point five million left. Crazy. So I could get the upstairs tomorrow. 
if I wanted and then still have a lot of money left. But I'm now at this situation where I don't need to worry about, you know, the farming that much now. Yeah, because the thing is, outside of upgrading your house, there's not a massive amount to spend money on. Yeah. Um, It's 10k to get a house for another villager. And once you have all 10 of those, that's all you can build from that. Yes. Um, There's bridges that cost, I think it's 180 um, uh, or it yeah, depends the, on the type it is. Yeah, the bridges can cost up to say two hundred and fifty. Yeah, uh, uh, and the the lowest is one hundred and thirty, yeah. round about there. And then they've got the stairs and the inclines. Yeah, and they start at ninety eight thousand, and they can go up to the three hundred and fifty odd as well. Yeah, uh, but those aren't really like mandatory. I think the inclines are maybe a bit more useful because I like the way bridges look. But also, if you really just wanted to connect up parts of your island so you didn't need to use the tool that lets you jump over rivers, um, it's faster to just get the terraform and stuff. Yes, Cheaper just to get terraform and stuff and just build a... Because that's the other thing about this game is there's terraforming. Um, You can just build over a river if you want to or dig out a new one or something like that. Um, Yeah, you you could have your island with no river in it at all. Yeah, I assume so. I've not tried that, but I assume that's well, possible. Yeah, one one of my or my island uh, shape that I'd had had uh, two waterfalls on mm. the two two cliff sections, and I just did away with one of the waterfalls, just oh. filled it in. <laughs> I was like, I don't want it there, so I filled it in. Yeah, no problem. That's cool. I've not done that. I actually went out of the way to. I changed the like size of one of the kind of rivers on mine and uh-huh. I extended it out in the other direction to make up for it. So it was basically the exact same river, just like two <laughs> spaces to the right. Um, just because I quite like the way my island looked already. I only moved it for... Um, I was making little hopping pads across it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I... I've spent a bunch. I spent more time decorating my island than I have like grinding for money or uh, doing house upgrades and stuff like that. Like I've done a lot of putting down pavements and crafting a lot of. Like I built a bunch of uh, these little stalls in part of my island, so there's a little kind of fake market somewhere. Um, Right. And I'm quite enjoying that part of it, and just having this little island that's just stuff you've built. Yeah, so I started that yesterday because that's uh, I unlocked that part of the game mm-hmm. yesterday, and uh, so yeah, I've been I spent the whole day yesterday doing that and uh, quite a lot of today as well. Uh, I found the stall thing because uh, I saw what you did with the stalls, and I've uh, I'm creating a fairground. <laughs> I think that's that's more or less what Leanne has in hers as well. Right, yeah, so uh, tomorrow I'm excited because in my mailbox, here's the other thing, <laughs> when, you, when you buy something from the Nook store, they post it to you and you've got this tiny little mailbox, I am getting a, a crazy teacups fairground ride, right, the thing's fucking huge, it's going to come in my post box. I got a whole wrestling ring delivered, which is so big. <laughs> the wrestling ring is so big that it's actually split into four pieces because it's one of the biggest items in the game. Right. It takes up like so many squares that it's actually four separate pieces that you have to slot together. It's also because you can kind of customize it, um, uh-huh. and it's it's nonsense. Like that showed up in my post box. 
<laughs> so yeah, I, so I'm, I'm liking that part of it now, and I think, I think that's all I'm going to be doing. I think is just you know, uh, I've got enough trees, so the balance I think is going to be finding what to do with my trees, so I've got space to build silly things and put them yeah. in places. Um, because I'd like to get to a point where I don't need to go, you know, if I need money for something, I don't need to go to random islands and I can just save up my nook miles and use my nook miles to get a giant fucking Godzilla statue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have so many nook miles now that I could easily buy that. Oh, really? Yeah, I have... I want to say I've got 40,000 of them just now. Wow. Um, I've just not been using them that much. <laughs> it's just, you get them for everything. <laughs> That's the other thing is Nugmills is this other currency you get, and you get them for everything. Like, uh, you know, catch a fish, you're going to get Nugmills. Obviously, take a picture. you take a picture, you'll get Nugmills. Obviously, like the, the, the barrier for how many you get, kind of, you need to get 10 fish or 20 fish or whatever. But you know you keep getting them and also it cycles out these easier ones that you get slightly less nook miles for but also are usually just like hit a rock um did your axe break when you hit that tree great here's some nook miles yes did you buy something with your nook miles here's some nook miles <laughs> it's like wait what um it's a silly little kind of achievement system that i i quite like yeah um but I've not been using the actual nook mills for much, so I've just been... I was using them originally to buy all the fencing, and then I only really used the stone walls. That's the other thing, is I really like how many options the game gives you for how you design the island. Yes. Because, like, my island... So the two islands I see the most are obviously mine and my girlfriend Leanne's, and hers is... Uh, it uses like the the brick walls and the brick kind of pavements, and so she's made this kind of really nice. It kind of looks like a bit like a. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of like English towns in particular that look kind of like it in terms of like all these orange kind of brick walls and stuff like that everywhere. Uh -huh. Um, and it looks really nice and organized, and it's but it looks completely different from mine because I somewhat based mine slightly more on where I grew up which is a bit more kind of you know slightly bigger than a village villagey kind of you know lots of stone walls and you know grass and mossy things and things like that yeah. and so mine looks completely different from ours and also it's all separated out mine's all very like not as organized in a lot of ways because again i tried to keep it somewhat natural in terms of there's just a bunch of trees in places and plants in places <laughs> and so it's like uh -huh. you know but it just looks very different from her one and then i've visited other people's islands online and seen things like one of my favorite ones was someone who had used the custom design tool to place a bunch of pentagrams on the the ground on the entrance way in and had <laughs> Um, one of the parts of this game is you collect fossils for the museum, uh, uh -huh. but you don't have to put them in the museum. You can oh. <laughs> you can put them anywhere. Um, and so she had these giant uh, two T Rexes that were like 
looming over the entranceway on either side and then a bunch of like floor lights flying up and it it just looked like the coolest fucking like entranceway to like a theme park or something like that ever um <laughs> and i've seen a few islands kind of like that and it's just cool <laughs> i didn't realize you could do that with the fossils is actually set them up outside. yeah you have to get bladders to assess what they are first but yes, then yeah. after that you can place them oh wow which is great because yeah you can just have a t-rex somewhere <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah like it's it's amazing the kind of freedom it gives you to do all these kind of things i've not seen your island yet until actually i've not seen your island in general uh i don't know you haven't i didn't even come over when it was new no you didn't i'll no, need to do that so. Yeah, so you need to come over and, and have a look. It's just starting to take shape. So yeah. like I said, it, the, the left side of it is kind of done. Uh, the right side is just full of trees and shit. So Mine's still kind of like that as well. Like the main part of my island looks great. Like I really like how it looks. Then they've got a little kind of middle island to the north where it's all residential stuff and everyone's houses is there. Uh-huh. And then the rest of it's kind of just half finished nonsense. <laughs> it's like it's like, oh I'm gonna put a wrestling ring here and it's like, okay. Are you gonna put anything around it to make it look nice? It's like I'll get to that eventually. Um <laughs> like it's a lot of like half finished projects where it's like a wrestling ring would be cool, right? It's like, yeah. And <laughs> then something. <laughs> so I, the the first time you I went to your island to go and see you. And uh, you showed up, and obviously the customization of your characters, you can dress them how you want. Yes. Kieran shows up in a, a nightgown <laughs> and a, a face mask, that, That's it. you know, a sleeping mask, and a pair of slippers. And then. Let's do my best Arthur Dent impression. <laughs> but then what you need to remember is I have no idea, you know, why is he dressed like a fucking loon bag? And then all of a sudden. <laughs> He pulls this little stick with a star on it, and it's yes. like, "What are you going to do with that?" And it's a wand, and it allows you to do transformation. So you basically save outfits to it, and you know you can like transform and and. But you know, if like at the moment, if I transform, I go from wearing a pair of jeans to wearing a pair of shorts and a a hat. No, not Kieran. Kieran goes for uh. He turns into like a man bear, then he turned into a wrestler. Uh, I think I found out it's a lucha bear. Um, a lucha bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have. Well, to be fair, I have like two costumes or th two or three costumes that are just kind of normal. But yeah, I have. Um, I'm actually booting up just now so I can look through them. Um, I have my normie costume, which is just jeans and a nice jumper, and it just looks like something I would wear in real life. I have the sweater vest one, uh, mm -hmm. which makes me kind of look like my dad, which is a <laughs> weird one. Um, it's just me wearing a slightly smite, like smarter kind of outfit. Um, what else have I got? I have uh, one that is just called wet, which is like a raincoat and a hat and welly boots. And it looks cute. I have my Lucha Bear, which is the one you're talking about, which is like a bear yes. costume. I've actually upgraded that since last time you saw it. Right. Because Kix was at my island yesterday, and he was selling uh, little uh, paw shoes. 
So there's right. little shoes that look like little brown paws that have like individual, you know, toe bits on them. So uh-huh. I added that to it. So it's like that kind of bear costume with those and then a luchador mask, as you do. Yeah. Uh, the bed one you were talking about, which is like a, a dressing gown and a, a face mask and slippers. And then the yes. other one I have is called Freshly Squeezed, which is uh, an Orange Cassidy t-shirt that I made myself because I wanted <laughs> it. Um, if people don't know, Orange Cassidy is a wrestler. A really good one. Yes. Um, what about you? You've got one now, so if you... I have... Well, so he was the thing we spoke about. It took me ages to get my, my shop. And I didn't think anything of it, so I now have an island that is... Uh, you know, I've got all the tools. I can build paths and walls, and I can change landscapes and cliffs and things like that. The one thing I don't have is a fucking clothes shop. Yeah, you've got, like, all the end... I say end game. I, I think there's probably more stuff that will show up over time. But you have yes. what is essentially, like, the end of the kind of, you know, starting lot of stuff, but you don't have the cold shop, yeah. which was, like, the first thing I got. So I don't know how I managed that. I, it must have been because I took so long. Uh, honestly, it took me nearly a week and a half to get the shop. It's weird. I got the clothes so, shop pretty early. Um, yeah, but you need, the, you need the shop because the first person you see is Mabel. Yeah. And then... She shows up in the square a day after that, mm-hmm. and then you have you buy a lot of a lot of stuff. Yeah, um, and then she comes back the second or third time. Yeah, so I really struggled with that. So I don't have a lot of outfits. I have uh, so I'm just scrolling through at the moment. I, I created one of the Easter egg outfits. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's a, a dress and a, a pair of booties and a an eggshell for a hat. Uh, I'm so glad Easter stuff's over. Yes. Uh, I've got a, a pair of black jeans, a pair of white Doc Martens, and a black leather jacket, <laughs> which is just me. Yeah, as I say, that's just <laughs> your everyday outfit. Yeah, uh, and then I've got a, a Dodo Airways t-shirt little do, blue shorts and uh and a hat so yeah i've not got much at the moment um but it is it's quite fun as well so i keep uh looking and, and buying stuff because uh, it is it, it's one of those things that's all oh, right i need to do my outfits for my my wand i was like i don't give a shit about clothes <laughs> in real life and yeah. i'm time i'm the exact about. same I wake up yeah. in the morning and I'm just like, all right, grab a t-shirt out the drawer. Yes. <laughs> it's like, great. <laughs> um, but yeah, and this, I'm like, ah, what if I put this together and this together and this together and I've got such a cool, silly outfit. Um, it's, it's fun. Yeah. it's uh, So I have, I'm spending just a hell of a lot of time. I'm actually going to come out to see if I can see our stats. So... You have put 90 hours or more into it. Yeah, sounds about right. And I have now put... Oh, God. I've put 85 hours. Jesus. I've had this a <laughs> week longer than you. To be fair, I've, kind of, I've played a lot less of it this week. I've kind of had that point where I got through the kind of more things that were kind of motivating me more. 
And yes. so the way I played it kind of last week somewhat and this week mostly is um, I've been playing less of it each day and then playing a bunch of it at the weekend. Right. So I've been like doing my check-ins in the morning and afternoon for tournament prices and gathering some stuff up and selling it and you know that kind of stuff throughout the you know the day. Yeah. Uh, on weekdays and then the weekend comes and I've spent I spent literally like all of easier Saturday or Sunday I spent the entire day just from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed <laughs> playing this game and all I was doing was just like you know redecorating part of my island it was just like well if i go here and like repave this and put this here and do this and it's like well it's it's fun it's relaxing you lose yes you lose time very quickly in it yeah and i think at this point you know with what's going on in the world it's that's what the the appealing thing is at the moment because you know you don't have that much to do but here you you need to decorate an entire island yeah exactly yeah so but uh yeah so we've been playing a hell of a lot of that uh we've been playing other things though well i kind of have have you been keeping yourself busy with other things yeah so i mentioned before i've been playing like ring fit in the morning and evenings i don't really have much more to say about that but just thought i'd say like ring fit's really good and sold out everywhere <laughs> and impossible to find um well yeah should we talk about that quickly um it's impossible to get a Nintendo Switch at the moment. Yeah, it's because everyone's at home, and so they're like, well, fuck it, I'll get a new console to play. Yeah, and but it's not only that. They're getting it to play it with their kids. Yeah. So the other, the, you've got the, the Switch that's selling out, and then all the controllers. Yep. They're all sold out as well. Yeah, and then um, Ring Fit was selling out before any of this even happened. Um. And now has just gotten even worse because people are like, oh, well, if I'm going to be in the house, stuck in the house, I need something, I need to exercise somehow. Ring Fit's got good reviews and supposed to be really good for exercise, and I'll buy one. So, yeah. That's generally when I pre order games, I feel afterwards like I shouldn't have bothered doing that. I really liked it, but I should have waited until it fell in price a bit. Ring Fit, uh-huh. I'm like, Thank God I pre-ordered I'm, that game. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna sell that fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, I could. If I wasn't using it literally daily, I would be like, I should. I could probably flick this for like two hundred quid. Like I could at minimum double my money. Um, so yeah. I am just looking as we speak, just to give you a rough idea. Uh, let's see, Nintendo Switch Ring Fit Adventure. Looking on Amazon. Uh, New and used for ROM, £139. And the game is usually 70 so that's doubling the price. Yeah. Um, yeah, and all of, the, all of these are used. Yeah. eBay has a bunch of listings as well. They also have more confusing listings for, uh, like, knockoff versions of the ring. Uh, if you want, like, a replacement ring or something like that, uh, Nintendo doesn't sell them. So you can buy another ring. Apparently they work fine. Um, right. I don't know what you'd have to do to fucking break that ring though. Like it's sturdy as fuck. It's kind of the point of it. Like it's, <laughs> it's a big rubber ring. Like it's fucking tough. Um, well, our supermarket has had the copies of that game since it came out and the last time I went past they were still there. You should, I should like, actually pop by. And yeah, see, you should yeah. like bulk by. This is your real life version of Tarantulas. You just bulk by them <laughs> Flick will come by your house, 
flip them for double for the worth. <laughs> See, the the ring fit. I once had read in certain, uh, you know, you showed us a bit more what it did and things like that, and I thought I I quite fancy that. I'll, but I live in a house full of cats. Yeah, you like jogging on yeah. the spot for you seems like a bad idea. In a yeah. house full of cats, that's going to be. <laughs> so yeah, we we've spoken about this uh, quite a, a few things that I can't do. Um, VR, the, the VR headset, definitely not. You know, the man murdered in and tragic cat tragedy. That's it. Um, yeah, so it's just one of those I I wouldn't dare get anymore. Although I do quite fancy it. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I don't have much more to add. Like from what we talked about. I think we talked about it a bit during Game of the Year and from uh, yeah previous podcasts, but like it's it's a really good exercise, and I've got further into that adventure mode, which is like the big kind of JRPG mode. Right. Um, okay. Like the daily routine that I've been into the past two weeks, maybe three weeks, mm-hmm. like two and a half, three weeks, is in the morning when I should be commuting to work. I've been doing. I got into uh, kind of the bit of the game that I never thought I'd actually get into, which is. They have uh, the main adventure mode, they have the kind of quick mode, and then they have the, I can't remember what it's called, I think it's just called like routine or something like that, which is you go into that one and, or it may just be called custom, um, and you go into that and you assign, you know, the, you can have up to, I think like, I think it's like 20 um, saved kind of workout routines. Mm-hmm. Um and you can make it like automatically generate them. You can go in and just go like, I want to exercise my upper arms and it'll give you a list of things. And if it's not the ones you want to do, you can just hit it again. It'll give you new ones. Um, All right. And that mixes together various exercises and also the mini games um, and just throws them all into one, which is pretty cool. Um, and I never thought I'd really get into that mode before because i very much have just been like the adventure mode is the thing that i don't like exercising so the adventure mode gives me something fun to do while exercising um but in the mornings i've just been using this quick mode because the mainly because i don't want to be jogging on the spot at like you know seven in the morning and waking up my neighbors or whatever <laughs> like it's <laughs> i don't i don't know how much noise that makes on the floor below me but it can't be great um so i've been doing just those kind of exercises in the morning and then i've been doing the adventure mode in the afternoon and that adventure mode expands so much the further you get into it like there's a full like skill tree that you unlock part way through and uh you start unlocking gear that gives you stat boosts and stuff like that and it's like it's a full-blown rpg um there's side missions and it's it's nonsense how fleshed out that game is uh-huh um but the the main reason i actually want to bring up is they added they patched in some stuff when they did uh nintendo did a mini direct god it was like three weeks ago at this point um and they patched in a handful of things. Um, some like quality of life improvements that are really good, like um, a feature that people have been asking for, I've been asking for since it came out, which is the way the adventure mode works is that it's a JRPG battle, like it's a turn-based battle where you're, you know, picking an enemy, picking an attack, and you do damage to them, only to do the attack, you're doing an exercise. And the way it works is that 
you do a certain number of reps of the exercise and each time you do a rep it does some damage to the enemy and the enemy can die part way through an attack and then you just don't do the rest of the reps which is good because it means you can get a little bit of a break uh-huh. but it's bad if it's one of the exercises that you have to do with both sides of your body so for example there's um the it's a yoga pose called the warrior pose which is just like a lunge forward you hold the ring with your hands outstretched above your head and then you tilt to the left and then you tilt back up again and it's just like a, a pretty easy kind of stretch but if the enemy dies when you've while well, you're doing the reps to the left then you're never going to do the reps to the right and so you're only uh-huh. exercising half your body <laughs> Um, so they added like a nice little option in the sentence that lets you say if the exercise requires both sides of the body keep going <laughs> like don't just you know don't just quit out because you killed the enemy like keep going until after you have exercised both the right and left of your body so you're not just like you know half exercising your body because it also uh-huh. always defaults to the same side so like the warrior pose always starts exercising to the left first. So it's not like it you would go into the next fight and then go, well, it's starting from the right, so this balances out. It starts from the left again. Right. Um So they had things like that. They added a a female voice for the the ring character in the adventure mode, which is fine. Um But the big thing is they added a rhythm game mode. Which is neat. Alright, okay. Um, I've not played a massive amount of it. You can uh, pull it in in the custom mode and add it to your workout routines and stuff, which is pretty handy. Um, But they added this kind of... It's a really simple kind of rhythm mode where um, you're... There's two different modes for it. I'm trying to remember what they both are because I haven't played them this week. I think one of them is you're just holding the ring in front of you and you're squeezing it in as the notes come down and you're pulling it out if the note is like it's color coordinated like i think it's like pink you squeeze in blue you pull out and then also some of them will be low down so you'll have to like squat down and also do that um and that's kind of basically it and it's just a rhythm game where they've pulled in all the music from the game but then also there's a Splatoon medley. There's music from Wii Fit, which is actually really good. All right. Um, oh, God, what else? There's a Breath of the Wild song, a Mario Odyssey song. Um, there's two Mario Odyssey songs, actually. And then also all the actual, like, Ring Fit music. Um, and then the second mode, which is all the same songs, is you hold the ring, like, pressed against your abs and Uh you tilt left and right to catch music uh, to catch beats and also squat um and that one is way harder i think (laughs) it's like it's actually so much more difficult um but they're both quite fun i like it they wouldn't have worked as their own separate thing, so having it just as this quick little mode in here that you can sometimes throw into your workout routine if you want a bit of a change is, is good, uh-huh. I think. Um, I'd like to see them expand it with more music, but you know, it's, it's a neat little thing that they threw in for free, so it was nice of them, cool. even though no one can yeah. buy the game to play it. 
<laughs> um, yeah. Um, that's all I really want to say about Ringfoot. Um, do you <laughs> want to talk about one of the? I don't want to do the usual like. I'm picking a thing from your list. No, no. Spoiler for like behind the scenes for people <laughs> if they haven't figured it out with the really subtle way we do this every week. Um, <laughs> but we just have lists of games everyone's played and we usually just go, okay, well, I've talked about mine. Mike, here, tell me about this. But I don't know how to do that for this because we're probably not going to go through all of these. <laughs> no. Um, so should we talk about a good job? Because That's good, a good job idea. was was one that we both fancied from the last Nintendo Direct, mm-hmm. uh, which was really cool the way they did that as well. Uh, it was, guys, there's a Nintendo Direct coming. Actually, no, it's now. <laughs> yeah, they just dropped it. It's like it's pre-recorded and it's on YouTube. Skip it through if you want. Fuck it. <laughs> just go. It's, it's there. <laughs> Do it. Um, yeah. Also, one of the games is out already, and there's an update for Ring Fit already. It's like, awesome, cool, I have things to play. Yes, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, do you want to... I, you picked up Good Job as well, didn't you? I did, yes. Cool. So, Good Job is a puzzle game. Yeah. And uh, so just the mechanics of it. You are... get You're placed in like a work environment... And you need to get somebody to, oh, to use a, a, an old fable, um, the, the, you're the sun and the wind and you're trying to see how to get the man to take his coat off. Yes, and, sure, that's, know, a you, good, that's a good yeah. analogy. <laughs> so you can, you can try and be the wind and, you know, blow everything to try and blow the, the coat off him. Or you could try the, the route of the sun and just you know, shine and try everything else and make it so hot that he takes it off. So that's basically the idea that you've, you know, you can do certain things to get things to happen, the domino effects, or you could maybe just go to the man and say, listen, take your jacket off. That might work. The theme of the game is the, is the better thing here, I think anyway. And the idea is that you are the boss's son or... yes child and uh, you start at work and um so you have to you know you have to complete these tasks part of the work uh you know uh, get get everyone into the meeting room and uh because you're the boss's son even if you do it by wrecking all the equipment uh it's <laughs> like good job that's why it's yeah. why it's called that <laughs> And so that's the idea of it, but I really love the theme. Um, it's really good. It's really cute. It looks kind of the. It's a comparison I've seen a lot, but it's it's a good comparison. Is it reminds me of the tutorial videos from Portal. Oh yes, yeah. It looks like those. Um, it's great. It's this kind of. It's not. It's not isometric. You well, I guess it is isometric. You can move the camera around, but it's not. It's always at that kind of like top-down, at an angle kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's it's very similar to like an Untitled Goose game. Like It's a very kind of physics-y, yes. puzzle-solving... Yes. It's Untitled Goose game if everything was destructible. <clears throat> yes. Um, I've definitely done a lot of just like... <laughs> it was quite funny, because I, I played through all the first few levels of that game 
like being very careful and like obviously you smash some stuff because that is the game like it's physics no matter what you do you're gonna trash some shit um yes but like solving the puzzle like one of the very first ones is uh get uh you have to plug the wi-fi back in and yes. so like the wi-fi is broken um the plug that it's plugged into is broken so you need to take the cable and reroute it all the way to the other plug at the other side of the room and so you have to take it through a room you have to connect some other cables to open all the doors so the cable can get through it uh there's a line of people at a broken toilet and so you can't get past that to plug the cable in so you have to deal with that <laughs> and you can go through sneak through the back and remove the broken door sign and everyone will go in and use this broken ass toilet but that frees up space so you can go in and plug the cable in um and then i watched giant bombs quick look and brad shoemaker plugged a cable in from uh like one of the plugs into like another plug in the wall across the place pulled a projector slingshotted it into a wall and smashed the fucking wall down and then just <laughs> walked over and plugged the cable in and I was like wait what <laughs> wait what <laughs> Why are we... and you can just do that you can just fucking like trash the whole fucking place and just like well I walk over yes. there and plug the fucking cable in and I'm like well I needed to plug in all these doors and solve this other smaller puzzle to get through correctly and it's just like no you just fucking throw things through a wall and smash it it's great <laughs> um, it's nonsense I love it yeah uh, yeah I did the same as you I was being very careful and then I plugged a cable across and I thought I wonder if I can run the table the chair or whatever I had over the top of it and it didn't and it pulled the cable and i thought oh and i, I got a, i got startled and i let go of the controller and it shot across the room and <laughs> fucked everything up and it was like oh shit i can do that as well <laughs> yeah i thought you'd get punished for it and you kind of do but not really yeah um i yes, think yeah it's the grading yeah i think your overall grading isn't actually impacted by how much you break but it does also count it um like it's on the report yes but you can get like an a rank and still have smashed everything um uh -huh. i think it's more to do with like you know how quickly you do it and stuff like that um but the first time that i noticed the things were destructible was in one of the very first missions you need to uh you need to bring a projector to an office room and you need to plug in uh, a door to open the door to get through into the room where the projector is and so i pulled the cable across and it didn't reach far enough and i was like oh there's another cable up in that room over there i'll just let go of this one i let go of it and it just pinged back with all the momentum of an elastic band that had been fucking pulled all the way out and then <laughs> bounced off something and smashed a window of an office and i was like oh right cool you can just do that <laughs> um it's yeah it's very silly I I need to play more of it. I'm on like the... Because our thing is you're working your way up to the top floor of the building doing all these little odd jobs and they get progressively sillier the further up you go. Um, Like one of them is like water all the plants and you go in and the room is like a giant garden with hedge mazes and stuff like that and it's like, wait, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm... I think I'm on the fourth floor and I think there's six or seven... Um, I I, I think I'm just on the second floor. 
Uh, so I haven't I haven't done as much as you. Yeah, that's fair. It's it's cool. I'm liking it. It's definitely very untitled Goose Game ish. I might like this yeah. more. Um, because I feel like the solutions to most of the untitled Goose Game puzzles were relatively similar. Of you know, distract someone, take a thing, do a thing with it. Um, which to be fair, you could probably brute force your way through most of the puzzles in this game with slingshot a thing through a wall. Um, but I feel like the further into the game you get, the more aware of it, of that solution it gets. And it's kind of uh-huh. like, you can't just do that though. We, we <laughs> thought of that. Um, but it also gives you other really stupid shit that you can do instead. So they, they know what they're doing. Like it's a well designed. I don't know who made it. Nintendo published it. Um, yeah, yeah I'm not too sure. It just kind of came out of nowhere. Like they announced it and then it was out. It was made by Paladin Studios. Why do I recognize that name? Uh, uh, not too sure, actually. Paladin Studios. They don't have a Wikipedia page. Sorry for the right. exciting part of the... <laughs> Paladin Studios made... Uh, my Tamagotchi Forever. Right. They made... Oh, they made Momonga Pinball Adventures. That's why I know them. Um, Momonga Pinball Adventures is a little squirrel uh, pinball game that came out on iOS and Android ages ago. And I think it also came out on like... Oh, I don't remember what else it came out on. It was, it was a really good iPhone game. Um, I feel like they made something else, but I don't see it on here. Uh-huh. Um, but regardless, they, they made a bunch of phone games and stuff like that, and they've they've made really cool stuff. And this is great, and so it's not <laughs> listed on their page though, which is unfortunate. All right, them. yeah, cool. Um, but yeah, That's so good job. Something else I played. I know you've played more than me. Was uh, Murder by Numbers that came out? Yes, that game's so good. So, do you want to explain quickly? Uh, sure. It's um, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, but it's Picross. Yes. Uh, that is the game. Like, it is, they made a Phoenix Wright game. <laughs> they hired the guy that did the music for Phoenix Wright, and so all the music is Phoenix Wright music. <laughs> they <laughs> got uh, sound effects, which I believe are from a free library, but are just the Phoenix Wright sound effects. Um, yeah like it's not even <laughs> subtle um, no when when you're traveling from area to area yeah and like the sound effect even even the like text typing out sound effect is yes. very similar to the Ace Attorney one um, which I love those games so I'm super happy about that and the thing that I dislike or don't dislike but I like slightly less about the Phoenix Wright games has always been the kind of faux hunting you know kind of uh, a crime scene investigation parts of them I've just never found that bit super interesting so like my favourite Phoenix Wright game is the Phoenix Wright uh, Professor Layton game that came out on the 3DS oh yeah because it replaced those with Phoenix uh, with uh, a Professor Layton puzzles and this game replaces them with Picross puzzles which is even better because I love Picross (laughs) So there's still a little bit of photo hunting, but they like make it super easy because it is just a way to find Picross puzzles. 
Yeah. Um, like the premise for it is that you're playing as a character who is a an actress on a a crime show, and the show gets like shut down, and uh, or is like getting shut down. Kind of, uh, she gets fired from it basically, um, and then her boss gets killed like right away, right after she gets fired. So obviously she's like the prime suspect for it, um, and she meets a little flying robot. This little flying robot doesn't has like amnesia, doesn't know who he is, uh, but knows that he can scan picture or scan things, and he'll know what they are. So you can go in and scan things, and that's how you're. That's their excuse for having Picross, is that you're finding evidence as this little robot scanning the environment, and to identify what it is, you're doing a little Picross puzzle, and that's it. It's just this like. You're doing these Picross puzzles, and that gives you the evidence. And then after that, it's just a Phoenix Wright game. Like it's just a visual novel, talking to people, showing people evidence yeah. to get information from them. I think it's really well written. The characters are all super interesting. Um, the art style is real good. Like it's, it's just a really solid game. I'm on like the third case just now. Oh wow. Um. And I would probably be further, but actually, as you play through it, your case rank goes up yeah. as you go through each case. And all that does is it unlocks more Picross puzzles, just optional ones that you can do whenever. Yeah. Um, so I've also been going back and doing those just <laughs> when I can't board paying attention to a story but want to play Picross. <laughs> just like, well, here's some puzzles. Well, that's, yeah. That's what I I ended up doing as well, and that's why I only finished the first case. Yeah, yeah, it's honestly great. Um, if you like Picross, definitely pick it up. If you like Phoenix Wright, definitely pick it up. If you like both, yep. then you should probably already have it. Yes. Um, I haven't bought it yet, but someone also recommended to me. I think it's called Voxel something. Um, I can't remember the second word is oh uh i think i know that one it's the it's the it's apparently basically just a ripoff or not ripoff is the bad way of working it but it's a very similar game to picross 3d uh I... which i love picross 3d um and given it seems Some... like we're not going to get one of those anytime soon <laughs> i might pick this up no it's uh it's the is it the pick a picks one? No. Well, I don't know if it's the same people. It's definitely called Voxel something. Right? Is it? Because uh, there's the. I'm just looking. I there is a a different. There is kind of a like Picrossy. There is also type. yeah. There is also the pick a picks ones, which are supposed to be really good as well. Yes, um, yeah. Because they did one that introduced different colors, didn't colors, they? Colors, um, which yeah. was supposed to be quite good. I never picked it up, but it looked cool. Yeah. Well, the one of the other ones did that as well. Was it a uh, Picross three brought in the colors? Did it? I yeah. Didn't. Uh, Voxel Gram. Yeah, Voxel Gram. Yeah. Uh, Voxel Gram is. Um, basically, did you play Picross three D? Uh, no, I didn't know. No. Oh well, Picross 3D is Picross but three dimensional. It's 
it's the same idea as Picross, but instead of just solving, you know, a grid, you are going layers into that grid as well, and you're like chipping away at things, and it's fantastic. It's I might like it more than regular Picross. Right. Um, so I'm just looking at Voxelgram now. Yeah, it's Picross 3D. Uh, you can pick it up in the store for like uh, just under f- six bucks. Yeah, I might yeah. pick it up. I've heard. I think the thing I saw is people saying that the tutorials aren't great. So it's but so like for people like me and stuff like that that are coming in knowing what you know Picross 3D is already, it's uh-huh. fine. But if you're coming in fresh, it might take a bit to get your head around. But I don't know if they've patched it since then because the. The forum thread that I saw that was recommending it, the de- one of the developers of it was like very active and very much taking back that feedback. So, right. Um, so I think they, if they haven't updated it, I think they are planning on updating it. Like they seem very much, you know, cool. listening to people's. I assume it's one developer. Given the developer on the eShop store is just a guy's name. Yes. Yeah. It's just it looks like Lukash. It. I don't know how to pronounce that sort of name. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's some Polish-looking <laughs> name. <laughs> yes. I'm, not, I'm not going to insult him by saying his, his surname incorrectly. Um, oh, but saying that, Puzzle Cross Adventure has just been released as... Oh my god. So much Picross. So, is that Picross? That is... It's from a company called Plugin Digital. And it is basically Picross. But it's got a, a story along with it. Uh, here we go. P- Pixel Cross Adventure t- takes the classic nonogram logic puzzle and turns it up into something never before experienced in the genre. Story-driven RPG-style 2D graphical adventure. That looks uh, cool. That's going on the wish list. Yeah, and it's by the guys that did Pixel quest as well oh i've heard good things about picto quest so that's cool so i've never played that yeah i never played but that, but can, i've heard good things you can get both of them for uh 14.99 that might be what i pick up after i finish murder by numbers oh. and picto quest that's also that's another yeah it, yeah it's a picross rpg it okay, was a it was uh, a mobile game to start with i think uh, well, that that bundle's just getting added to the wish list. Yeah, that will that will be <laughs> after I finish Murder by Numbers. That will be my next Picross game, I think. Or Volksgram uh, might be first, and then that. Um, so, but yeah, that game's Murder by Numbers is is very good. I'm enjoying it a lot. It's scratching both that Phoenix Wright itch and also the Picross itch, which is. Uh-huh. A kind of odd combination of things, but it works really well. Cool. Uh, uh, other than that, uh, I did uh, one of the cool things that was kind of happening within the the industry as well. One of the our contacts that that Ben keeps in contact with uh, one of the companies. They when the lockdown was happening, uh, she was like, "Right, we've got a, a whole load of game codes that didn't get reviewed for various reasons. Uh, do you guys want some of them? Um, and if you mention them on the podcast, that's cool. 
Um, but it'd be even better if you wanted to do a review. So I think there's a couple that we've got for review, but one of them that uh, they handed across to us was uh, Monster Energy Supercross mm. 3. So these, these are the Supercross games. I've played quite a few of them. Uh, the Supercross the Supercross games anyway. I played the first Monster one, so I didn't play the last one, and then this is the newest one. Uh, these games are... Every time I play them, I say the same thing. It's... I think it's Milestone, because uh, I don't have it in front of me, but I think it's still Milestone that's making them. Yeah, I think right. And they... They're, they're consistent. They're, nothing really changes as much... Uh, this one is very difficult to play um and it's not because it's badly designed it's they're they're trying to be as true to the the sport of uh, supercross as possible and this time i think they've gone a little too far in the realism it's not as fun as the other ones mm-hmm. uh but anytime that i've written a review for one of these games and spoke in the podcast about it i say the same thing and that is they keep doing it and it's consistent and it one of these days it's just gonna they're gonna hit the jackpot yeah it's these small improvements every time sometimes there's an improvement sometimes there's an improvement and something wrong uh yeah i've not played a lot of it i was getting a little bit frustrated the the realism engine in it is it just feels a little bit too real there's no there's no give on it, um, so one of the AI can catch your back wheel and throw you off. You can land funny. Um, there are aids in the game, and to be fair, there was quite a few I wasn't using, so maybe that would mitigate it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, normally when you play a racing game, you just want to go in at like medium difficulty, and if normally a medium difficulty is fine with me i won't struggle with that at all and i was struggling a little bit with this one so uh but like i said one of these days they're going to hit the jackpot with it not too much more i can say about it because i only spent about three hours with it so i didn't spend a lot of time with it at all Mm -hmm. um uh they've still got the same uh you know the UIs that they use. They've still got those. They've still got the same voiceover people that do the, the voice work and the commentary and things like yeah. that. And uh, still the same kind of presentation. Your rider comes out and he walks out through a wall of fire, works like a wrestler, <laughs> <laughs> and they go, "That's why he's the crowd favorite." Let's see what he does in today's That's race. John Moxley's music. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> The Jezebel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's um, they've got that presentation and stuff. And one of these days they are going to get there and it's just going to be a runaway smash. So yeah, they should keep doing what they're doing. Sounds good. I like those games, but I usually don't buy them. Uh... <laughs> I tend to... I was buying them at one point and I was normally buying them when they were reducing in price yeah. and then then we got the contact and then we started for a little while uh, we were getting those because uh, I, I reviewed the first one of those, I reviewed the motocross one before that, I reviewed 
uh, one of the MotoGP ones. Uh, I did yeah. one of the, and we did uh, a few of the WRC games as well. Ben yeah. did a couple of those, and I did a couple of those. I picked up a couple of the MotoGP, and I think one of the WRC games on the Vita back when they were doing those versions of them. Yes, the, yeah, the Vita ones were quite good. Those yeah. were really good because they were just ports of the console versions, and you know they didn't look as nice, but they were like. You know, more fleshed out than the other racing games coming out on that platform. So yes, yeah. Which, to be fair, um, was your play this on? Is it? I I had the Xbox One. Ah, okay. But is this like coming out on Switch, for example? Because there's I no. I think so. <laughs> there's like so few <clears throat> racing games on the Switch. I uh, most of them do actually. Yeah, I'm uh, pretty sure that's the case. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure the first one did. And I'm pretty sure this one is as well. So I am, as we're speaking, I'm just going into the the search bar just to have a look um, and see what's there. But yeah, they're um, they're not yeah. bad. But it's probably a similar situation there where there's not a lot of racing games on the Switch right now. So if you want one, these are probably one of the more competent and fleshed out ones to get. Yes. Yeah, it, it's go with a name that you know. So, yeah, it is uh, Monster Energy Supercross. The, all three of them are out there. The first one is not too bad. They're looking for £25 for that one. Uh, number two, they want £34.99. And the third one, they want £53. Is that a special Oof. edition? That's say. the look. Yeah, that's a little bit high. And it is Milestone as well, so Milestone is still doing them. I'd assume so that's right some kind there. of special edition or something. Maybe one that comes with a season pass or something like that. I'm having a look. It doesn't say it's a special edition. It just... Weird. Yeah. Um, that is quite a lot. I'll stick with Horizon Chase Turbo for now. <laughs> or... Um, it, the first one was not bad. You can pick it up for 25 yeah. quid the, or, or even go the the, the second one. Uh, I genuinely think that's a mistake. It might just be... And, and, yeah. It's that switch tax. It could be, it could be to be fair, because I don't think the... Um, I don't think the... You know the the PlayStation and Xbox versions are as expensive, so I think you're right. It's the Switch tax. Yeah, but uh, what else have you been up to? Um, the one last thing I say on games before we move fully off them to other things is I've not played very much of it, but I another game that we got a code for for coverage of and I will cover next week as we record, if not, I'm sure we'll record a new podcast some point soon um, is Boot Hill Bounties which came out this week which mm -hmm. is a RPG very heavily inspired by the Earthbound games um, oh okay but it's got a kind of western setting so you're like a cowboy and you're doing cowboy shit and um I've only played through the intro so far, but it seems really cool. Like it's got a really cool combat system that I don't 
if not, it's one of those things where it's a JRPG, so I'm going to give it another couple of hours before I fully say, like, the combat works like this, because knowing I'm probably missing some major mechanic of it, and I'll be completely wrong. Um, uh-huh. But it seems quite cool so far. Um, so yeah, that's something I'm going to come back to, but it seems interesting. It's apparently a sequel to an older game, but um, looking online, you don't need to know anything about the previous one, apparently. Um, but yeah, that's that's the other game we're playing. But I don't know, do you want to move on to more other things we've been doing? Yes, yes, I've... Like I said, I've not really played much apart from Animal Crossing of, you know, anything of important... Well, you know, Ken for a long, for a long time. Yeah. I've mucked around with Yu-Gi-Oh! All sorts of things, but uh, yeah, it's always Animal Crossing going back to... So there's no really point talking about anything else, but we've been watching i've been watching stuff to to kind of keep us uh occupied as well mm-hmm. um and like the rest of the world i think we've been binging a lot of things oh yeah definitely like we've got a lot more time to just be like i'm just gonna lie on the couch and play animal crossing with switch and watch a series of something <laughs> yeah um <laughs> so what have you guys been watching kind of in terms of genres, are you are you going through like films, a series of films, or? Um... I have. Um, I've been I've been really like eclectic. I've just been jumping between a bunch of different yeah, things. Yeah, we're the same. Um, the first thing that I binge watched, which actually I didn't put in this document, um, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It was that superhero thing that came up on Netflix a couple of weeks ago. Um, oh my god! Uh, I am not okay with this. Oh yeah, that was good. I really like that. Um, it's it's one of those things where you watch it and it's very, it's very by the numbers. Like you know what's going to happen. You've seen this story a billion times. Uh-huh. Um, but the characters are really well fleshed out and likable. And yeah, the, I thought it was quite good. Yeah, yeah, like I really liked it. Um, so I, wa- I binge watched all that. Um, and keeping on with the the Netflix. That actually, almost everything I've watched being on Netflix. Um, despite having subscriptions to almost all of the major <laughs> subscription services. <laughs> yeah, um, same. We both watched all of Tiger King, right? Yeah. Oh, wow, yes. That's so a I, wild one. Oh, that is mental. I watched... I, it's unbelievable that is the only way I can describe it because I watched it myself and it was one of those days I was watching it in in the lounge and Anne mm-hmm. was in the, the bedroom. She was watching stuff on her tablet and she's, what you watch? I said, I'm watching this tiger thing, and she didn't really fancy it too much. And I, just, I said, "It's absolutely fucking mental." And then uh, a couple of days later, the, the rest of the internet—I think the internet was watching at the same time as me. So then, and social media gets flooded with the memes and stuff like that. Yeah. And I said, "Do you fancy watching it now?" Yes. I said, "Well, I'll watch it again with you because it's—I'm pretty sure I missed." some of the stuff and fuck it I, that's more or less what is, happened with me as well I watched the whole thing and then <laughs> Leanne wasn't too keen on it because she didn't want to see like animals being like abused and things but yes, yeah. the show like one of the issues with the show is that it's very biased in favour of Joe Exotic even though it also t- treats him as they're quite honest about the fact he's a piece of shit and yeah. show all the ways he's a piece of shit 
but despite that, it's still very biased in his favor and skims over a lot of other. Like he is also a super massive racist, um, right? And things like that. And also, he does abuse his animals, but they didn't really have any of that in there. Um, no, no, they didn't show which at all. Is useful for the standpoint of people don't want to watch that. <laughs> so, yeah, my girlfriend is more was into watching it because she didn't. The thing that pushed her over is like she's like I don't really want to see a documentary about animals getting abused and stuff and it's like that's fair. It was after I'd watched the full series and I was like, Leanne, you're super interested in like cults and stuff, and there's like three of them in this. Like you need yes! to, you need, you need to, um, you need to fucking watch this just for the weird cult shit that is. Yeah everyone remotely related to exotic animal breeding apparently um it's bizarre um but there's other things like i did some like reading up on all this stuff afterwards because even when watching it i very much felt like this show seems like it's going out of its way to make this woman that runs an animal rescue charity look the as bad as the guys who are breeding tiger cubs for like petting zoos and then killing them afterwards Uh um and understandably uh whether she still seems like she's not the greatest person in the world um like her sanctuary is like an actual accredited charity like it's you know like the quality of treatment those animals get is significantly higher than at you know joe exotic zoo and stuff like that right Um, and they are actually rescuing animals and looking after them and stuff which the show kind of glosses over i I feel yeah yeah it kind of says they say they do it but we've not actually seen it yeah whereas like all of the actual like official bodies that monitor this shit are like no no they're on the level um, the bit that still makes it seem fucked up though is when multiple people from her sanctuary are like oh we're all volunteers and we work like you know uh, 70 hour weeks and it's like excuse me <laughs> like what yeah that's I like I I've known people who have worked for that have volunteered for charity stuff like that have done things like that but this seems very much more like it's kind of built into the culture that's not okay um but yeah, like the stories that they go through in that are all just I mean, it's designed <laughs> to be that way. It's kinda like the Fire Festival thing where it's you know, the, the the documentary is filmed and you know, edited in such a way that it just makes it super interesting and engrossing to Yeah. Every time you think you've got your head around it, it's like okay, and then Joe Exotic hired an assassin. It's like, wait what? <laughs> <laughs> wait what <laughs> you what um which that was one of the few things i actually knew about like i the only things i knew about Exo- joe exotic going into this were his failed presidential run because there was like a john oliver section about it on uh, his show uh-huh. and which is where they covered him being a massive racist which this show cut out um, like one of his presidential videos, uh, campaign videos, was literally him saying that if he got made president, he would make it so that uh, no longer could black people use the N word, whereas we white people cannot. And it's like, excuse me, <laughs> why do you really want to say the N word so much? Hmm. 
Um, <laughs> it's yeah, it's one of those things where it's like when when people make those kind of complaints, you have to ask the question of why do they want to say that word so much? It's yes. It's a very easy to just not say a word. <laughs> Yeah, but they, then they always come, well, it's my God-given right and freedom of speech. And exactly. It's the, like a, the first whatever amendment is the freedom of speech. Yeah, but yeah, um, it's... <laughs> it's like, hey, guess what? There's plenty of words I don't say. I can live with, you know, r- offensive slurs not be <laughs> like being one of those words that I just don't say. Um, even if I was allowed to, I would not say that. Um, yes. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like bizarre. Um, but he is, yeah, he's super racist, and that's all very much not in the show. Um, but then obviously, like they focus in on things like they make it seem very much like, which probably happened, which that he burnt down the studio that he had in his own zoo because they had so much bad <laughs> yeah. shit on him and it's like oh my god if all the bad shit that's in this documentary is already there and the stuff that you released publicly is there how bad must have been the stuff that he wanted that to you didn't burn. want anyone yeah. to see yeah it's messed up um did you watch the fire festival documentary netflix did i did yes i i i, I like that i enjoyed that I remember the thing about Fire Festival mm-hmm. being it was this new designer festival and it didn't work and that's about as much as I knew. For me, I kind of knew the full story of it because I was like following the Twitter threads as it was happening back when it oh, happened. Wow. So there was like cuz the the thing that blew up like people Fire Festival is a weird one. Like, that documentary is very good. People should go watch it. Because that one, one, it seems much less kind of biased towards any particular thing. It's just very much like, yo, the main guy that ran this is a fucking scammer, and here's why. Like, it's, yeah. it's not trying to portray, you know, this kind of charismatic bad guy as, you know, a charismatic bad guy. They're just like, no, he's bad. Like, here's what he did. Um, <laughs> but that one kind of... Um, I it kind of blew up obviously there was a big period before where there were people that were calling out as being a scam like basically from the start and as things were falling through but it kind of blew up into the public consciousness and the documentary covers this when you know a bunch of Instagram influencers and stuff like that and rich kids and like that all showed up to this island for the fire festival and it, none of it was set up and they were all sold on like you'll be getting you know, meals made by like a professional chef. And the, Chefs, thing, the yeah. thing that blew up was that picture of like the really shitty cheese sandwich with like a slice of lettuce next to it. And it's like, yes. Uh, so, like, when I first saw that, I started following the Twitter threads of everyone that was like there documenting the whole thing. And it was mental to watch. So, that documentary was super interesting from that standpoint, going in of already knowing what happened and then. I had thought at the time it was just something that had been, you know, a massive fuck up. And the documentary uh-huh. makes it pretty clear that, like, oh no, they could have fixed or cancelled this at any time. Yes, yeah. Um, and they actively chose not to to make money. And then, literally, the guy that did it went off to do telemarketing scams. So, whatever. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah i those kind of documentaries i quite like uh i definitely like them about weird shit like that and tiger king rather than what was that one they did about that that murderer that like killed cats and stuff like that um oh don't fuck don't fuck with cats and yeah I, I that's that those ones are ones where i'm just like i'm not interested um, i watched that one i yeah some of the stuff they the footage that they used and i thought that was it was a little bit in bad taste and yeah yeah um we watched one a couple of days ago uh that's on netflix as well and it's called how to fix a drug scandal mm. so this is about uh this is about the, the the justice system in uh is it mass massachusetts uh-huh. i had to think of the word the <laughs> the short more... uh, the abbreviation <laughs> <laughs> and uh what had happened was there was a a lab assistant. So all the drugs, you know, when the police get the, the drugs, what they do is they send it to the lab and it gets tested. And they say, yes, this bag of white stuff is actually cocaine. It's not washing powder. Mm-hmm. And then they use that for the conviction. And there was a scandal back in 2000 and whenever it happens. Uh, it and it happens in that this person was doing what they call dry labbing. Mm-hmm. So she was looking and she'd have like six samples of cocaine or what they said was cocaine. And she'd go, oh, well, they all look the same. So I'll test one of them. And if that one's the real thing, then the rest of them, if they look the same and smell the same and weigh the same, then they all must be cocaine. And she was getting through all of these cases and uh, people were getting convicted, and but the the drugs were never ever tested. So that so that caused mayhem um, once she got caught, and uh, that's Annie Ducan. Wow. Then there's this other person a couple of months later, and uh, she was a drug addict, mm-hmm. and and she <laughs> she was dipping into the stash. So what they do is in the labs where they test these things, they have control substances. Yeah. So, you know, they have the controlled cocaine. It's pure cocaine. And so you can test it again. You know, that's your your base level standard. And you measure everything else against that. Uh, So she was dipping into the control substances. Oh, my God. She starts out dipping into those. And then once she gets to the point where if she dips any further into them, it would be noticeable. She starts cutting the evidence. Oh my god! You know she Can holds back. This? A... <laughs> oh, it's bizarre! Nuts. Yeah, that sounds like the kind of thing I'm more interested in, rather than you know, the weird fucked up shit. That's like, here you should watch this, and it's engrossing to watch because look how fucked up this footage is we found. Rather than like, <laughs> think look how weird this is. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It's nuts. I mean, uh, so have you been watching anything on Disney Plus? Uh, I've been watching The Mandalorian, and that's it, really. <laughs> um, I rewatched right. The Last Jedi, um, which I think I like that movie a lot more second time through. Um, I don't know. I bought I bought the Blu-ray when it came out because um, we went to go and see it. We only saw it once in the cinema. I think Anne went to see it twice, but I saw it once. Hmm. 
And we got to the point with the blue milk. <laughs> the blue milk stuff's so uh, dumb. There's... And it's like, I need to turn this off and I can't watch this. It's... The, there's bits of that movie that work better than... I think overall, I think it may be my favourite of the, the sequels. You know, the, this recent trilogy. Right, because okay. Because I, I like the highs for me are better than the highs of the other show, the other one because, you know, uh, the, the Force Awakens is, you know, it, it it's just episode four again. Like, they, it's it's decent, but it's nothing new. Um, right, yeah, okay. Whereas this is, whereas Last Jedi is like very much trying to do something new and it doesn't land for a lot of it. And a lot of it feels like Disney somewhat mandated, like, he put in Marvel style humor, and those bits like the blue milk thing and stuff like that don't land for me at all. Um, yeah. The casino planet stuff is kind of hit or miss for me because I'm like, I think it goes on a bit too long, but I think it's adding a good, nice bit of depth to the Star Wars universe it didn't really have. Um, I think the rest of the stuff with Luke Skywalker in hindsight is very good. Like the Esther's dumb joke things like the the milk, but I think this yeah. seeing this like like is very in in step for the character from the original trilogy of Luke fucked up. It's like, yeah, he did that repeatedly in the original movies. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like Luke <laughs> fucked up and his solution was to run away, and it's like, yeah, he did that repeatedly in the original movies. That that works, that fits. Um, and yeah, it gets like somewhat of a redemption and stuff like that. Like I, I felt that stuff works really well, and a second time through definitely works really well. Um, mm-hmm. but I think that whole sequel trilogy was. Uh, yeah, they made the mistakes in that one, and then the third one comes out, and that just felt like a movie by committee. Because they were saying, right, you will fix these are the list of problems that <laughs> the second one created, and these are the things you're going to do to fix them. Yeah, but then also I feel like the problem, the things they consider problems from the second one, I don't think are problems. Yes, and they overcorrect yeah. in the opposite way, where they're like, oh well, you know, they they you know killed off Snoke, and it's like, cool, Snoke wasn't really a character. Like the Force Awakens didn't set up Snoke to be anything interesting. So yeah, Detchum. It's way cool, like, you know, Ben is the character, so if you have him kill Snoke and it, you end, like, The Last Jedi ends with Ben being fully evil, being like, I have embraced the dark side, I am, you know, killed my master and had this heel turn and stuff like that, and it's like, that's a good way to end that. Next movie, lean into him being the villain, and the next movie they're like, well... Redemption. Redemption, (laughs) and it's like, well, no, come on, just... Yeah, and, just have the balls to finish what you started. Yeah, and um, you hear things about the production of that movie where like a lot of the major plot points from the end of that movie were written like on set. Oh wow! Um, like the Blu-ray version that came out recently had deleted scenes and stuff like that, and behind-the-scenes stuff where some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, like the scriptwriter is talking about things that are not in that movie, <laughs> like. And the, right. they were filmed like towards the end of the the shooting, so like clearly stuff that was removed at the last minute, um, uh-huh. and it's bizarre. It's a mess. Um, I, I whatever. It's it's weird because then I have more respect for um, 
what's his name? Uh, Ryan Johnson that made The Last Jedi? Yeah. Yes. Because if you look at that, if you look at his body of work, um, I've not seen Brick, but people always keep saying that Brick's really good. Um, Brick, Brick is good, yeah. I've never seen it, but like, I like Looper quite a lot. Um, yeah, and Looper was quite good. Yeah, like it's silly, but it also knows it's silly. Like it literally has that line where uh, Bruce Willis is like, it's time travel, don't fucking worry about it. Um, yeah. Like, don't think about it too hard because it's not going to make sense. Um, Knives Out is probably my favourite movie of last year. Um, right. That movie still, is phenomenal. Still need to see that. It's so good. If you love like a good whodunit, it's so smart, so well made, great actor across the board. Like, it's great. Like, he's a really good director, whereas I'm a bit less up on J.J. Abrams. Um, right. Like, I like some of his stuff, don't like some of his other stuff. So, it's not surprising to me that this has kind of went the way it's went. Right. Um, but then The Mandalorian. <laughs> This is actually really good, like pretty consistently. I think. Yeah, we've seen three episodes. I think three episodes, and then we stopped because we want to let it build up, and we just want to watch the whole thing. It's bizarre to me that they didn't just release it all at once because it's all out in America. Yeah, I, I think they didn't want. Yeah, because uh, America had it staggered as well, so they wanted to do the same for us because. Yeah. What they and they're trying to they're using the Mandalorian to sell a package and a service. Yeah, and they so want you to you, stay for longer than the free trial it, month, so that you can. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it makes sense. And to be fair, I, it, it works. Like I'll I'll stick with it until Mandalorian's over because I'm enjoying it. Um, but yeah, that, we 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 ended up getting the special offer, fifty quid for the year. I didn't do that. I probably should have. Um, I'm not. Sh- I wasn't sure how long I'd stay with Disney Plus, but it right. seems like we've been just having The Simpsons on in the background. Like having all of The Simpsons on there is a good thing to be like, okay, cool. We just have yeah. a billion episodes, and like half of them are good, so that's good. Yeah. So we've been working our way through. Uh, we worked our way through Star Wars Rebels at one point, and then stopped season four. That's very good. You need to watch that. So Anne's been re-watching that, but we are working our way through The Clone Wars, which is another excellent yeah. series. Yeah, I watched <clears throat> some of The Clone Wars back when it like first came out. Is it all uh, on there? Yes, it is, yeah. Oh, it is all on there. Yeah, I watched, including well, except the, the Lost Season 6 and now yeah. uh, the final Season 7. I'll need to watch all that. Because I watched... Um, there was a 2D animated Clone Wars series before this 3D one started. Yeah, um, by uh, it was Jenny. It was a guy that he was involved with uh, SpongeBob SquarePants that, that did right. the 2D one. Yeah, um, which I don't think that's on Disney Plus, but that one is the one I watched a ton of as a kid. Um, but then I did also yeah. watch some of the 3D one, and I I do like it. Yeah, the two D one you actually struggle to get a hold of. I think there's licensing issues with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the three D one is very good. One of the things that I've been watching is a documentary series called uh, "The Imagineering Story." Ah, uh, yeah. And it's about the uh, the, the group of uh, Disney employees or the the part of Disney called the Imagineers. Mm-hmm. 
So these are the guys um, who built and design, and to this day still build and design, most of the rides and attractions at the parks. That's pretty cool. And Yeah, v- very interesting. So it gives you histories and some of the rides and things like that. And one of the podcasts that we both listen to is a podcast called You Must Remember This. Yes. And it's, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. And she talks a lot about Disney. Um, and uh, she did a couple of podcasts <clears throat> about some of the theme park rides. Yeah. And uh, she did a whole thing about a, a Disney film called Song of the South. Yes. Uh, um, a classic. And is that on Disney yeah. Plus? <laughs> <laughs> Probably that, not. No, no, that that <laughs> that has been drawn back in to the the vault, and it will never be, see the light of day <laughs> ever again. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so she'd spoken about you know that film, and that film then inspired a, a ride called Splash Mountain. Mm-hmm. So uh, it repeats some of that information, but it's now coming from. Uh, that podcast gets its information, you know, from the internet and places like that. So it has, but this is coming straight from the people that designed it. So it's nice to see the their take on it as well. And uh, you know both parts of the story, and you know the because they they touch on it the the Splash Mountain. Uh, I think the wording they use is based on a troublesome film from Disney's back catalogue, <laughs> and they leave it at that. Uh, they don't go. It's a movie where the the fucking uh, oh, what do you call it? The the framing device is a slave telling stories about how good it is to be a slave. Yes. <laughs> just, even at the time, like Song of the South is not a movie that, in hindsight, is terrible. It's a movie that, at the time, was super bad. <laughs> But yeah, but then they had the Brave Rabbit stuff, and Brave Rabbit gets chased by the Tar Babies. Mm-hmm. You know the the, the things cut the, the black things, the black evil things. It's like, what the fuck is? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, they they kind of touch on it. They just call it a troublesome uh, a, a troublesome film from Disney's past called The Song of the South, and they leave it at that. But they they talk about the the secrets of the haunted house and stuff like that that's cool which is something that your girlfriend is uh one of the things her obsessions as well yeah she probably Um, like this i need to tell her and she would yeah um it's uh they're releasing it in piecemeal as well i think there's four episodes so far Mm -hmm. and it's quite cool the third episode is all about Disneyland Paris and the money that they spent, uh, you know, basically when Disneyland Paris opened up by the time it was finished and they cut the ribbon, it was the most advanced and most expensive. It was the best park. Mm -hmm. It was leaps and bounds ahead of the two in the States because they they just went all out in it. And um, nobody went to it (laughs) and it had all its issues and things. Um, And you know, now the parks are on par with the rides and they make sure that everything's updated. But it was always the, you know, they'd finish one park and then move on to another yeah. one. So the newest one was always the better one. Um, but it's it's interesting and they go into that. 
they 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 go into how the life how you know the, the politics and everything are depending on who's in charge so life under disney then uh there was michael eisenhower and all the different uh, uh ceos of disney and stuff like yeah. that it's very good i knew what that that's uh, and they're on the episodes are like an hour a, a shot as well so that's cool there's a lot of stuff like i'm bursting through just now there's a lot of stuff in disney plus that i feel like i should watch like that yes. jeff goldblum series seems like it's probably interesting yeah i should uh, get into that as well um but yeah the moment we've really only just been watching like other than booting up things we have nostalgia for for like five minutes to you know hear the x-men cartoon theme song and yes <laughs> like watch five minutes of the x-men cartoon and be like oh this hasn't aged well but the theme song's still great um some of them are not bad. It's still Some okay. of them are actually I, quite good. It's, it's really just the animation. Like I think the writing's uh, still good, but the animation in that original X Men show is rough in hindsight. Um, see, I I found them a couple of years ago on DVD, and I I think I still see them through rose tinted specs. And I, still I mean, think that's they're, fair. I still brilliant. think it, that's the thing. Is it's still great. Yeah. Um, I think that's the thing I've been most impressed with the Mandalorian so far. Actually, is how good that looks for a what is essentially a TV show. Yes, um, like it's very clear Disney kind of threw their budget into it because it's it, it looks like the movies. Like it's yes, it's super high quality. Um, like I don't know, it's it's cool. I'm I'm liking that show quite a lot uh, more than I thought I would. Actually, I was kind of expected to bounce off it because like. I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan in the world. Like, I don't... I like Star Wars, but I'm not, you know, consuming every bit of Star Wars media that I can. I kind of watch the movies and then like some of them, don't like some of the other ones, and that's it. Yeah. Um, so I was like, this is probably going to be something I just bounce off of. This is probably just for, you know, the big fans of Star Wars. But no, it's just a fun kind of... Kind of a way... It kind of reminds me of Firefly. Right. Like, after those, you've not kind of reached that point, but after those first three episodes, it kind of becomes a bit more episodic. Like, it's a right. lot less of, like, a big overarching story. Because those first three episodes are kind of connected. Um, Afterwards, it's a bit more like going to a place and doing a thing, and that's the episode, and it's pretty self contained. Uh huh. So, that kind of reminds me of, like, Firefly in a weird way. And then, obviously it has a lot of inspirations from kind of like westerns and stuff like that just from the whole the whole like kind of bounty hunter kind of story they're telling um but yeah i don't know it's it's clicking with me more than i thought it would um cool but the main thing i've been watching is red dwarf oh which you're a fan of you're the biggest fan of yeah so red dwarf is something that uh, anna myself we watch all the series <laughs> from episode one all the way up to season eight uh, before Dave got their hands on it. And we watch it at least once a year. So not the later ones? Well, we do. Yeah, we watch them now because uh, you can get them on demand on Dave. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, they're not as good. And uh, we... I kind of like stuff from season seven. So season seven and eight, I feel, are 
the the seasons just get better as they go on, mm. and which is normally quite bizarre because normally with a TV show that's that that long, it peaks at a certain point, and yeah. then, then usually yeah. like it's the first couple of series are really good, and then it goes downhill. Yeah. So how far are you? It's, is it your first time watching through, or it's my first time watching through this way? Like I've seen episodes here and there. Right. Um, like I've seen the quarantine episode multiple times because that's the one that always got shown multiple times because it was like everyone's favorite because it's weird. Because uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, like understandable, it is the episode that I think every show that is long running and stuff has that has like yeah the one that people that don't even watch the show know. Um, uh, but yeah, I've watched through series one. And I'm three episodes into series two, so right, okay. So Crichton just got like introduced into the group, um, and then there was a second episode where they go into VR, and Crichton's just not in it inex- inexplicably. <laughs> they're just like they're just like we introduced the new characters on the ship now, and then next episode's like forget about them, and it's like okay, <laughs> thanks. Well, but yeah, but he drove away. Yeah, but on a bike. He was on a spaceship. Yeah, it, it, it was a space bike. Was it? I thought it was just. Yes. I thought it was just a bike. Okay. No, it's a space bike. He goes away. Okay. He actually um, disappears. He's not. Uh, that he was a one-off at that point. But yeah, I guess that's the other thing is I'm coming out from knowing for the fact that Crichton becomes more of a, you know. Yeah. A thing. Um. But yeah, uh, the VR episode was quite good. Um, where better than life? Yeah, better than life. Where uh, Rimmer is coming to terms with the death of his dad, even though you know they knew everyone He's was been dead. dead for no, yeah. yeah, it's been three million years. They know everyone's dead already. Um, and uh, the fact that he has a eight thousand dollar tax bill to pay. <laughs> Yes, it's, it's very silly. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm liking it a lot. That that show holds up. Um, there's a few yes. dated jokes. Um, yeah, I like. It's. I'm trying to think what specifically stood out. There was a couple of things that specifically stood out. I can't remember off the top of my head that when they said them, they were very much like, "Ah, yes, this was made a while ago." Um, but for the most part, like it holds up really well. I think. Yeah, like it's it's one of those things where you kind of forget how sci-fi it is. Yeah, because it it is also you know a silly sitcom, and it could just be taking place. Most of it could just be taking place like in you know an apartment, and it wouldn't be that much different. Um, yes, but then also it throws in a bunch of like super sci-fi things. And you're like, okay, well this makes it different from if it was in an apartment. That makes it this cool unique thing yes yeah and did you did you spot the the cameo from craig ferguson uh so it's the episode where lister gets sick and his paranoia and confidence oh yes <laughs> yeah and yes. They, craig ferguson is the american the confidence who fucking like the fucking yeah, he that, to... he himself because he's so confident that he can breathe in space. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, one of the things uh, it, 
if we're ever singing uh, Anne and myself, uh, uh, we always got just little quotes and in jokes from the show. And if we're singing under our breath, doing something, it's always the uh, cha 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 cha. <laughs> it's uh, yes. Uh, so you've got all that to look forward to. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna. Dwarf. I'll probably binge watch a bunch of over the weekend. It's, oh, you should. It's great. It, again, like it holds up. I'm pretty early on, and obviously it all looks very dated and stuff like that. But yeah, um, other than a few, you know, kind of jokes that wouldn't fly anymore like it's mostly just a solid you know sitcom that holds up super well um i i don't know i i I really liked the episode where they introduced Crichton, where they're all fucking doing themselves up because they're like ah we're gonna (laughs) because they're like we have to go deliver medical supplies to save these three women on this ship and they're all like "And and maybe we can pull while we're there and it's like the the show is very aware of the fact that it's that thing where I think some of the jokes are dated and some of their some they say some things that would not fly anymore. But then that episode in particular points out that the show is very aware of the fact that even then that's a real shitty view. <laughs> like yes, like yeah. these are people that are like potentially dying and they're meant to be delivering medical supplies to them and they're like yeah, but maybe I can get in bed with them and it's like yeah, we, yeah, we, we might get lucky here. Yeah, exactly, and it's like oh god. And the show was very much like, no, that's bad. <laughs> it's, it's not like going, ah, this is a... Obviously, it's a funny thing, but it's funny because of how bad they are for doing it. Um, well, you'll get to... Uh, there's a, an episode It's coming up in season two for you where they go to a, uh, a mirror universe, like a parallel universe. Uh-huh. And they, they come across uh, a planet that's all female-driven. I won't say any more on that. Okay. And but it, it it then you know it plays up on the fact that Rumi is this misogynist pig, um, <laughs> and it flips it on his head, and it's brilliant. It's uh, yeah, they knew what they were doing at the time. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's the thing that almost every sitcom does, where all of the main characters are kind of bad people. Uh huh. Um, like. I think in modern times, it's always sunny in Philadelphia is kind of the most famous for it because they lean into it so fucking hard. Like, yeah. they are very much like, no, one of our main characters is probably a rapist and this character is also fucking awful and blah, blah, blah. Um, which is obviously just like a... It's almost like a deconstruction of other sitcoms because of how, you know, over the top they are playing these tropes from other sitcoms. But... Uh-huh. Even Red Dwarf is very much like, you know, you like Craig Charles's character because he's Craig Charles and he speaks funny and says dumb shit, but also he's kind of this... an asshole. Like he spends, yeah, he admits in one of in the episode with um, where they introduce Crichton that he doesn't like he he pisses off Rimmer because it makes him happy, and the thing uh-huh. that keeps him sane is making sure that Rimmer isn't happy. And it's like, that's a fucked... Rimmer's also a bad person, but that's a fucked up thing. Um, (laughs) And, yeah, and then Rimmer's whole thing is, like, he's, you know, just a garbage, egocentrical failure. (laughs) And... And it's never his fault. Yeah. Uh, But Cat's just perfect. There's nothing wrong with Cat. The Um, Cat, yeah. (laughs) I like the Cat a lot. (laughs) 
yeah, I, that, that show, I'm looking forward to seeing... So, there is... They, they brought out a set... Uh, what It was two books that they brought out, uh-huh. and the, the books were written... The books were written first, and then they did the series. All right. Um, but then, because it, it was the basis, you know, uh, and then what they did was they they released the books because they were just you know sketches. Well, it was the original written draft of the show, and they mm-hmm. brought them out as two books, and you can get them as audio books read by Chris Barry Rimmer. Oh, nice. So uh, Chris Barry is, I'm not too sure if you know, he's a brilliant uh, voice artist. No, I didn't know. And he worked on uh, Spitting Image. Okay. From the 80s, which was the the puppet show. And he used to do, he did Ronald Reagan. He did quite a few characters that you wouldn't really know now. Um, But he, and he does voices. So when he reads, he does the audio books, he does... List, he can do Lister, he can imitate Lister, he can do the cat, he obviously does himself, and he can do Holly. That's really good. And they're, they're brilliant. There's two of them. Um, the, the first one's called Better Than Life. Or, yeah, and the other one is uh, something appreciates careful I drivers. But yeah. Um, yeah, definitely look them up and definitely buy them and give them a listen. Yeah. Once you've once you've watched most of them, go back and listen to these. And they they basically the the two audio books tie together series one and series two. It's basically uh, things from those. You can definitely pick out episodes, but mm-hmm. the way that it stitches it together and there's other things in there make it really good. Sounds cool. Yeah, so the only definitely recommend that. The only actor that from Red Dwarf that I'm like familiar with from other stuff is uh, Craig Charles. Because right. of um, uh, Robot Wars. Robot Wars. Like I grew up watching Robot Wars. So Craig Charles yep. was yeah, he was Yeah. But um Crichton, you knew uh, he's he did Scrap Heat Challenge. Yes, that, that's true, actually I did that as well. And uh did you not see you so you never saw the British Empire? No. No. There's a lot. But, uh, um, yeah, no, I am, uh, I'm glad you're getting into Red Dwarf. It's yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes just from knowing the, so I'm like looking through the series just now, like, again, like, Quarantine is the episode that I, you know, sticks in my head the most from the ones I've seen before. Yes. Um, And that's from, like, series five. So knowing that yeah. it eventually gets there. Um. Yeah, it's. I'm looking forward to it. Yep, and then you've got the uh, series seven and series eight. That was kind of the part of the first run, and then it disappeared, and they brought out like a standalone film, mm-hmm. and then they did season ten, eleven, and twelve, and they've just released a standalone film again. Yeah, which called is a, the Promised Land. Yeah, which is a sequel to one of the episodes from series one. Yes, it it's is. A, yeah. It's a follow-up to Waiting for God, which yes is interesting. Because um, I I yeah. looked it up afterwards because I that episode seemed a bit like it seemed fine, but not as good as the rest of that series. And it seems like that is the general consensus on that episode. So it's weird yes. that that's the one they're like we're doing a sequel. Yeah, it it does. It it was actually quite good. We quite enjoyed it. That's good. But I would I would say watch at least 
up to season eight before yeah. you watch that film. Nah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna watch it all in order. I'll I'll get to that film once I've watched everything. <laughs> um, which I don't know. Given this, I don't work Fridays anymore. Could be by like Sunday evening. So we'll see. right. <laughs> We'll see how the weekend goes. Um, I'll sit and remodel my island and watch all of Red Dwarf. Um, oh, the cameo... Or it wasn't really a cameo, but like the, the actor that showed up in an episode that was funny to me um, watching this was in episode one. Uh, the guy that plays... The Captain, Captain Hollister. No, the, not Captain Hollister. Um the guy who is like the tier below him that is also their boss um todd hunter yes uh todd hunter he um i can't remember the name of the actor but he was in um i recently watched or did i say recently last year watched all of uh toast of london which is a matt berry sitcom also very funny very yes, surreal yeah. Um, and he's Matt Berry's character's flatmate in that. Ah, oh, um, right. I didn't, I didn't know that. But obviously significantly older because this was a long time ago. <laughs> so, but he still looks the same. And so I was very much just like, oh, it's him. <laughs> That's weird. Um, but yeah, that was that was the one that actually stuck out for me in terms of like actors that I didn't know were in this that popped up. And I was like, oh, okay. Right. Um, but yeah. Uh... Other than that, uh, I watched all the Ocean's Eleven movies. We don't need to talk about yeah. that too much, but I, no, we did. Funny enough, good. we did that as well. I had only ever seen the first one before. Um, I take it had you seen them all before, and then just were rewatching them. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. I didn't know how silly those movies got. Um, I mean, the first one's pretty silly anyway. They set up a fucking EMP, but yeah, that second I'm movie like- is so bizarre. <laughs> And then that third movie's like, I don't know, if we cause a fucking earthquake, it's like, that's not... You would get caught. <laughs> it's the, yeah. the real-life answer to that is someone would notice that you were digging in with a giant fucking drill onto Las Vegas. <laughs> what is this movie? Yeah, it's just uh, pure silliness. Yes. Um, but then also the second movie... Is the second one or is the third? The second one has... Um, that bit where uh, Julia Roberts is in disguise as herself, which is very funny. Um, yes. And Bruce Willis is like, that's not Julia Roberts. <laughs> yeah, that uh, was quite funny. <laughs> Just, that's a very good bit. Having Julia Roberts have to pretend to be Julia Roberts in character as another character is... Just, yeah, that yeah. Was, was quite cool. Um, as everyone, including herself, is like insulting Julia Roberts. <laughs> <feeling>. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Be like, no, she doesn't look anything like her. <laughs> That's very good. Um, yeah, I like those movies. Uh, I need to watch the last one, Ocean's Eight, was it? That's the that's the female one. Yeah, the full female cast one, which seemed cool. The cast is good. So, uh, we we enjoyed it. We went to go and see it at the cinema, and it was it was a good laugh. Really enjoyable. Again, like you said, it's they're silly. Yeah, don't. You know, if you go in and you're expecting this big serious heist film, yeah. forget about it. But yeah, it was it was uh, a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it. 
And along the lines of um, the Red Dwarf thing of, you know, actors that I didn't recognise showing or didn't uh, know were in the thing showing up, um, Eddie Izzard's very good in those movies. Yes! I yeah. didn't know Eddie yes, Izzard really was good. in those. Um, but yeah, when he shows up and is just like, I'm making a hologram for you, it's like, excuse me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? Um, yeah, I I like those movies a lot. Um is there anything else you want to talk? You've got uh, um, well, you've got a couple the, of things on here. Yeah, the the one thing um, we started going through X Files. We're only one or two episodes in, so not really much to talk about there. But yeah. we we binged uh, Star Trek Picard, mm. and that have you watched this? I've have not any watched interest? any of it yet. I need to. I like. The next generation was kind of the the Star Trek that I watched. So right. So if you watch that, you will definitely get this. Um, if you watched, um, Anne is a she's a a huge Trek fan. Uh-huh. I I liked the the Next Generation. I've seen most of it, mm-hmm. but I don't think I can say I've seen every episode. And then I I would watch I'm bits same. of voyager and deep yeah. space nine and you know i'd pick up bits so i've, I've never there. seen a deep space nine but yeah i watched uh next generation and voyager because those were just the ones that were right. on after school <laughs> basically <laughs> and then i uh, i saw all the films i've seen all the films so hmm. all the next generation films yeah. and stuff like that so if you've got that as a a base knowledge um it's quite good um, there is a lot of throwbacks there's a lot of uh, not fan service because that makes it seem like it's pandering and it's not yeah. really pandering it's um, yeah it is for the fans but it's not pandering I think is the best way um, but really good uh, the way that it finishes uh, and it's you know leaves itself set up um was a nice touch as well it was the uh, quite uh like a, a nice little heart heartwarming thing that happens yeah. um yeah definitely give it a watch i don't want to spoil too much but there's no, characters that come there's characters that come in from you know all parts of the universe yeah that's fair i've seen like in the trailers they showed i prominent character from voyager so i know that at least yes. some people show up from yeah yeah um yes uh yeah I'll, so I, I need to watch it. i actually kind of just forgot about that i might yeah um know, put definitely in some, some serious sci-fi between my red dwarf episodes <laughs> um yes yeah so re- really good uh definitely recommend that um another than that it's just it's just keeping yourself busy, isn't it? Yeah. We've uh, we've one of the things we've started to do. We started it last night, so we'll continue down that path. Is we started rewatching all the Tarantino's films as well. Oh, nice. So we that. started on Reservoir Dogs last night, and then That's we'll just true. work our way through. Reservoir Dogs is still one of my favorites. Yes. We did yeah. that not that long ago because Leanne hadn't seen them. Um, oh wow! So, or she'd seen like some of them. She'd seen like. Whatever, but they weren't really like ones that like her parents don't like them, so she never saw them growing up or anything like that. Right, I mean, that's a weird way to phrase it. Like, don't show your kids Tarantino movies. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, like I, I knew about, 
I grew up knowing about, you know, things like Kill Bill and stuff like that because my mum and dad didn't go to the movies very much, especially not without us, but they specifically went to go see, like, Kill Bill and stuff like that. And so I right. knew, like, when I'm old enough to watch this, I'm watching this. And then dead and loved it. Um, but yeah, so we rewatched all those. And my takeaway from, like, rewatching those was that... Uh, I really love Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> like all those movies are good, but I, Inglorious Bastards is one of those ones that holds up so especially well for me, and it's that kind of like turning point from when Tarantino goes into his like full fucking like stress inducing bullshit modes, uh-huh. um, which Hateful Eight just is from start to finish. Whereas Inglorious Bastards has a good balance of that and kind of like silly action. Uh, uh-huh. and that's probably my one of my favorites um but yeah i don't know it's uh, that's not something i would have said before i rewatched them though because i don't know i would have probably said like ah kill bill's my favorite or you know reservoir dogs or something yeah it's just watching them all again i was like you know what fuck man and glory <clears throat> master's so good <laughs> yeah Maybe you'll come away um, the same thing. Maybe you'll come out of it going, actually, this one that I didn't think was my favourite beforehand is now my favourite. Uh, my favourite tends to... It can sometimes jump. Uh, pulp Fiction is always... Yeah. You know, that, that that's one of the go-to. Um, I quite like Django Unchained. I think that is, that is brilliant. It's got yeah. some excellent moments. Uh, I loved Inglorious Bastards well and hatefully was it's one of his best for me i like hatefully a lot um yeah um, i i need to rewatch hatefully because i've not seen i've not seen it since i saw it in cinema ah right because that's why we so we did this whole like rewatch for them back before hatefully came out because leanne hadn't seen any of them so we watched all of them and then went and saw hatefully in cinema and it was the you know, the whatever millimeter cut the film version of it. Um Yeah, it was the celluloid version you went to yeah. see in the digital. Um and it had like an intermission halfway through and it was a fucking bizarre thing. Um it was great. Um But yeah, I, I liked that movie a lot at the time. So I should rewatch it. Did you Excellent, ever watch yeah. the, the Netflix version of that they put up where they split up into episodes? Oh no! It's just the movie, apparently, but they they split they split it into chunks, which is oh right, I didn't weird. see that. Yeah, uh, oh. I'll double check. I, I can't remember what they called it. All right, no, um, I didn't. I didn't realize that. I I know Netflix had it because we watched it on Netflix, yeah. but it's just the film. Um, I, unless well, it was just in, I don't think in it's the on States. there anymore. Yeah. No, they had both. They had the the film and oh, also. Oh wow! Oh okay. Um, but I don't think it's on there anymore. Uh, I don't think there was any differences. I think they just split it into chunks. Um, ah, right, okay. Let's see. Hateful Eight, Netflix. There's probably some changes. There's some alternate fu- footage used. But it's a four-episode series. Oh, right, okay. It was just called The Hateful Eight. So. Ah. Bizarre. <laughs> um, uh... The only other thing I have to add in terms of like movie things is I watched like a handful of things that I won't go into, but we'll mention are really good. One of which I've been meaning to watch for a while, which is um, Live, Die, Repeat. 
Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, I love that. That movie's fucking phenomenal. I love that. I, I, love I, that. I watched it like twice in a row with back to back. I was just like, after I finished, <laughs> I was like, all right, again, I need to, <laughs> I need to watch that again. That's a goddamn so, perfect movie. Yeah, I, I love. What um, one of my favorite things is dystopias, but I like the the kind of murder game arena yeah. in the dystopia. So you, you've got all of those things, and I I like that as a genre. But if you want to give me the one of the perfect films, it's the it's the time loop film. Yes, I love those, and a that good, is one of the best. A good Groundhog Day. Uh, um, yes. What was the? I always forget the name of it. The the slasher. Uh, happy Happy Death Happy Death Day. Uh, I suddenly watched a sequel to that actually. Oh, that's um, brilliant! Yeah, I need to watch that. Um, yes, I, I'm the same. Like a good time loop thing done well, great. Yeah, and uh, I the Edge of Tomorrow would saw it in the cinema and then got it straight on on Blu-ray when it came out, and it is it again. It's one of my go-to's, and I'll watch it, mm. you know, at least once a a year as well. Yeah, uh, just a brilliant film. It's fantastic. Um, and then the other one I'll say is that it was the one that everyone was going crazy about not that long ago when it came out, which is Uncut Gems. Um, I we got halfway through that and turned it off. Ah, uh, I really liked it. That was another one of those ones where the tension ramping up constantly was done very well for me. Yeah, see, I it got to the point as like the guy's an asshole. There is no redeeming features about him whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And the movie knows find, that. <laughs> yeah, no, the the film knows that, but I always find that it's that there's a line, and they have to they have to either give you some redeeming feature, or you have to know that he, you know, that he's going to get what's coming to him. Or yeah. it just, I didn't. It was the same as uh, or the series about the you liked the series about the guy that cooks meth. Oh, Breaking Bad, yeah. Yeah. Um, that was something else I couldn't watch. I got, That's I did the whole season, up to season two. Yeah. I could see uh, why if you didn't like that, you also wouldn't yeah. like Uncut Gems. It's, it's not, you know, it's not the same, but it's definitely hitting similar notes in terms of like, this is a yes. protagonist who is unlikable, irredeemable, yes. somewhat yeah. charismatic. It's like probably the best Adam Sandler has ever acted in his entire life. Um, oh, yeah. Um, which, that's not definitely. saying much, but he is also actually <laughs> genuinely good in it. Um, yeah. Similarly, um, you again, you might not like it if you didn't like Uncut Gems. Um, their previous movie is also on Netflix, which is Good Time, um, which is kind of the movie uh, that kind of brought Robert Pattinson back into relevance again. Um, because he's very good in that. I don't think I've seen that one. Um, it's a similar thing in terms of like ramping up a lot of tension, and the main character is oh, right. a kind of despicable criminal. Like it's literally, it is a a bank robbery gone wrong, and this guy um, is robbing a bank with his brother who has like a mental illness, and the police pick up his brother and he gets away and he's trying to break his brother out of the hospital that he is in because he gets beat up in prison on the first day um, right 
and it just like escalates and escalates and escalates from there and it becomes clearer and clearer that this guy is you know not not a redeemable character in any way um but yeah it's one of those things where if you don't like the other one you probably won't like that because they're very similar in terms of tone and stuff right um, but it's very good it's probably part of the reason why robert pattinson is getting that batman role um which will be interesting i think um, yeah, Batman that was filmed here in Glasgow, the the world's most gloomiest, shittiest, horriblest, wettest place. That's pretty fitting decided... for Gotham, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but they decided that it wasn't wet enough. Yeah, true. <laughs> it was one of our wettest seasons, and they decided God. there wasn't enough rain. That's wild. I'm looking forward to that movie. I I hope it's good. Like Robert Pattinson has kind of rebuilt himself in terms of like, um, mostly doing like indie stuff and right, like building a reputation for himself after the Twilight movies killed his career. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's one of those things where he probably made a lot of money off of those movies, but it feels very much like he regrets doing them <laughs> because so. because he's like a really good actor that got fucking destroyed by those terrible movies um i need to watch actually the lighthouse which he was in last year which is supposed to be very very good um right that's by the guy that made uh witch from oh yeah uh, a few years ago um yeah yeah so very kind of psychological horror-y kind of thing uh, but yeah, cool. we've talked about movies for about as long as we've talked about Animal Crossing now, so... Y- yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, I've not been doing too much. I did... There has been some cool things going on. Uh, you know, there's been certain companies have been giving away video games for people to stay indoors and keep themselves occupied. Mm-hmm. Uh, most recent one, I think... Uh, playstation network uh you can get a free copy of uh the uncharted compilation yeah and journey and journey yeah which is quite cool if you don't have them uh definitely looking to get in those there was there's a company a european board games uh they did they facilitate uh, distribution for Kickstarters, and they also do uh, help publish games and stuff. Mm-hmm. In Germany, it's a uh, a website called Nice Game Shop. Yeah, uh, there's a, a lot of imports from like Korea and Japan, which I think is what yes. we've mostly used them for. Yeah, and they did. Uh, they were doing a pack as well, um, uh, to stay home pack, uh, free as well. Uh, if you were lucky enough to, yeah. Now, but um, and free postage as well. Yeah, I'm surprised so they, by that. Yeah, so they sent out um, games. So I got one, and you got one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ben got one, but uh, they, I think it was basically stock of games that they had surplus of, and they yeah. a good way to get rid of them. Um, and they're decent games as well decent games that we sent out uh one of the games that uh was in the package that both you and i got was a game called uh monster my neighbor mm-hmm. which was a game that Anne and myself specifically bought in essen we i specifically looked for that game and picked it up and bought it, it was on my list um a really cool card game 
And then I got another game which I was interested in at uh, that same year in Essen, and it sold out called Dungeon Busters. Yeah. You couldn't get it for love nor money. Another little card game. And uh, I got nice a stacking game as well. I haven't opened the box yet. Oh, there's nice little gem bits in it. <laughs> um, the little plastic gems. Uh, yeah. Cool. We both got different stacking games, but the rest of the games are the same. Um, yes, yeah. So I got one called uh topato yes pick it up because it's on the floor um which is like a stacking game set in like a circus you're like stacking these little they're really solidly built like chunky wooden blocks that have like an animal on them or a crown on them or something like that um i've not really read through the rules properly yet but it seems like you're kind of drawing cards and they'll tell you what to stack and where so you'll have everything Uh stacked and you can only you're kind of balancing things, trying to move them over to balance on top of something else. Um, it seems cool. I, I like kind of, you know, dexterity games like that. Like one of my favorite games that we've played uh, in that kind of vein was, um, uh, what was the, the, the ring toss one? Oh, uh, was it just called Up? No? Maybe. That sounds right. Um that one i I really like that it was just a silly little dexterity game where it's just like the rule is just throw the ring to someone else and they catch it on their finger and then it introduces lots of silly things which i don't know if this one will ever go that far probably not Uh it's probably a lot simpler than that but i like those kind of dexterity games they're good for breaking up the more kind of (laughs) like serious things yeah but uh yeah i just wanted to give a shout out to uh, a couple of the the companies doing that so that's nice game shop you should check them out if you are after especially the oink games which is what you and i get a lot from them yeah um so yeah definitely yeah. give them a look and the um, people that um run it are nice as well because like i ordered um was it mr face I ordered from them and I ordered yes. it with a couple of other things and they sent me an email before they dispatched it saying this one doesn't have any English rules are you sure you want it? And I was like oh no that's a good point like I don't I don't actually want it if it doesn't have any English rules I must have just missed that on the page and they were like we have this these two other oink games that are about to go live on the site we can slot one of those in instead if you want they've both got english rules and it's like yeah fuck it throw that in great thanks it's really nice of you guys to not just be like hey we're sending you this game you can't play like we'll double check first Um, yeah they 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 know what the the board gaming community is like and they know why they get orders yeah um and they don't take advantage of that they're just really really cool exactly this is not a paid advert. We just genuinely like their website. Yes. <laughs> um, yes, they're very good. Uh, but yeah, I think we just thought we should give them a bit of a shout out because we took advantage of their uh, free box thing. And it's, yes. it's neat. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've bought, uh, they do mystery boxes as well, where they'll just give you yeah. again, kind of some of their games. Uh, I've still not played any of the games I got in it. <laughs> but um, the games I got seemed cool. There was like maybe yeah. one that I thought, ah, no thank you. But um overall like the the games they sent seemed really cool. So Yeah, yeah they they tend to the the stuff that they import and they get in, it's I think it's all stuff that they like. Yeah. 
you know, so they're not going to bring in something they don't like. The other thing about their mystery boxes, which I don't know if they do with this free one when it comes up, because I don't think there was an option, because uh, I think it is just, you know, it is probably going to come with a copy of Monster My Neighbor and Dungeon Busters and some kind of, you know, stacking. Yeah. Um, is that in the mystery boxes, uh, you can give them a link to your Board Game Geek page. And they'll look through your list of owned games and make sure that they don't send you anything in the box that you already own. Um, yeah. Which is really nice then as well, because again, they could just fucking send you whatever and you'll be like, oh, I already have three copies of blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. So yeah, again, they're just a good site. It does sound like we're advertising them at this point. But, <laughs> <laughs> but again, but... they're just good. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything else I'm just keeping uh, myself busy yeah same um, I really wanted to use this quarantine time to learn how to make bread but so did everyone else and so uh, bread flour has not been in stock once in the supermarket near me um, so that sucks <laughs> someday I'll learn how to make bread I'll be self-sufficient in the bread yes camp um <laughs> But yeah, other than that, I like I bought Resident Evil Three and I've barely played it. Um, right. I bought the season pass for Control because that first big uh, expansion came out, and I've barely played uh-huh. it. Um, wow. I've just mostly been playing again, like city buildery things and Animal Crossing, uh, like the newest game other than Animal Crossing I picked up was Anno eighteen hundred, which. I didn't talk about before now because it's just another Anno game, which is great. It's a really good one, but it's just like if you've played those, you know what they are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like nothing, nothing else. I'm afraid. No, I'm. This podcast is only going to be like three hours long, so it's a real <laughs> shame we couldn't make it a real length podcast. But next time, <laughs> next time we'll do it. Absolutely. Next time we'll just do it'll just be actually a live rewatch of Red Dwarf and it will be all eight series before the Dave ones and we'll just record us watching. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but cool, so I don't is there anything else to add or I think we should maybe put a pin in this one because we've been going for a while now. Yeah, I mean no one's reached this point of the podcast, let's be honest. Uh, if you've reached this point of the podcast email us at podcast at glitchfreegaming.com yes that's the one is that the one yep okay um or tweet us at glitchfreegame yes just tweet us just say i finished the podcast and that's it nothing else no hashtags (laughs) no pictures no snarky comment just say lowercase no caps I finished the podcast. No other context. <laughs> Mainly because Ben's the only one that really manages that Twitter account. So he won't understand what's going on because he's not going to yeah. listen this far into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but cool. So, but if you have managed to get this far into the podcast, thank you very much for listening to us and downloading yes. us. Um, it's always appreciated yeah. Uh, and yeah reach out to us if you want to 
say anything or, yeah. or comment or jump in. Tell us what you've and been playing or listening to or watching or whatever yeah. during your quarantine time. Are you re-watching all of Red Dwarf? Yep. What's your favourite how- episode? Is it quarantine <laughs> like most people? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you've got something for us to to watch. Maybe you've got a recommendation or... Yeah, yeah. get in touch. Definitely. Cool. So, with that then, I think uh, we'll just finish up. Yeah. Goodbye. See ya.